U.S. Army Band. Well, the starting lineups and batting order for the Oakland A's leading off first. Campanaris at shortstop. Campanaris, Bill Norris in center field. Norris batting second. Cal Bandall will be at third base. Bandall batting third. Reggie Jackson, the designated hitter for Oakland. Jackson batting cleanup. Joe Rudy in left field. Rudy batting fifth. Gene Tennis will be at first base. Tennis batting sixth. Quadell Washington in right field. Washington batting seventh. Ray Fossey, the catcher. Fossey batting eighth. Dick Green at second base. Green batting ninth. Catfish Hunter pitching and Ray Fossey catching the battery for the world champion Oakland A's. For the Baltimore Orioles, leading off Rich Coggins in right field. Coggins. Paul Blair will be in center field. Blair batting second. Bobby Gritch at second base. Gritch batting third. Tommy Davis, the designated hitter, batting cleanup. Davis. Luke Powell at first base. Powell batting fifth. Don Baylor in left field. Baylor batting sixth. Brooks Robinson at third base. Robinson batting seventh. Elrod Hendricks catching. Hendricks batting eighth. Mark Belanger the shortstop. Belanger batting ninth. We are pitching. Hendricks catching the ball tomorrow. Right now we're going to have Mr. Lee McPhail, the president of the American League, going out the first ball from the third base boxes. Tosses it out to Elrod Hendricks. Accompanied by Oriole owner Jerry Hopberger. Lee McPhail at one time was the general manager here at Baltimore and Certainly deserves a lot of credit for building up Baltimore and one of the baseball powers. The Orioles in their fifth championship series out of the last six. Bert Campanaris will lead it up against Mike Cuellar, who was the winner six to three. In the opening game, he pitched the first eight innings. Grimsley finished up. The first pitch of the ball game is high, a ball. And it's 20-0 to Campanaris, who is three for 12 in the series. And had all three of his hits in the opening game and drove in all three runs against Mike Cuellar. And the pitch on the way. Swung on a drive to left field, but it's foul. One ball and one strike to Campanaris. The umpiring alignment today, the ball and strike man is Dave Phillips. The first base, Marty Springstead. Second base, Bill Deegan. The third base, Larry Knapp. Along the left field line is Jerry Newdecker. And down the right field line, judging him is Russ Gett. A ball and a strike to Burt Campanaris. Mike Cuellar into the lineup delivers a fastball outside off the middle of line Hendricks. Two balls and one strike to count. Cuellar was 22 and 10 during the regular year. He didn't have particularly good success against Colton. He was one in three this year against the A's. A's are the only club in the American League that owned an advantage over Cuellar since he's been in the league. Swing and a foul by Campanaris, two and two. Cuellar's lifetime record against. Oakland is 6-8, 1-3 of that this year, but of course he won the big one out of Oakland on Saturday. Jerry Adair coaching at first base. For Oakland, Bobby Winkles at third. Westock is the pitching coach. Bobby Hoffman, the other coach, under manager Alvin Dyke. Oakland leading in the series two games to one. If they win today, the series... The American League is over, and the pitch is low to Campanaris for the ball, and it is now 3-2. the Campanaris. Cuellar gave up nine hits in eight innings Saturday. He walked four, struck out four, and Grimsley got the last three out to the ball game to preserve the win. Three and two the count. Better left-hander winding, and the pitch out of way. Breaking ball is it on the ground at short. Melanger up with it over the first. One away. Campanaris retired short to first, and it'll bring up
up center fielder Bill North, a switch hitter. He'll be up there right-handed against Cuellar. is an ex-cub. He came to the, uh, you know, the Oakland A's in the Bob Locker deal. And uh, he reminds me somewhat of Lou Brock, who also got away from the Cubs. He has the same kind of potential that Brock has. He's stolen 107 bases the last two years. Here's a ground ball to Robinson at third. They got to foul for the out to away. Two ground balls here. One to the shortstop Belanger, and that one to Robinson at third. And now Sal Mando, the third baseman. Sunday, he hit a home run in the fourth inning for the first run of that game, which was won by Oakland 5 to nothing. Mando, 3 for 11 in the series with two homers. For the right-handed batter, a big curve of strike. Mike Coyar, who is noted for his screwball, but actually he has not been throwing the screwball as much lately as you might believe. He's relied a lot on a slow curve and a fastball and another curve to Wasted a fastball, high and outside, one ball, two strikes. Sometimes, I guess you hear so much about Coyard's screwball, you're inclined to underrate his other pitches. He's got uh, a good fastball, good slow curve, and also a slider. Here's the windup. 37-year-old left-hander's high fastball makes it two and two. Two balls and two strikes. There's been some uh, talk, I guess, Jerry, that Cuellar might not pitch today. He did have kind of a stiff arm. Well, apparently he's all right. He's just so before the game that he was ready. But this is really a big game. He really has to pitch this game. There's the curve. Oh, he just missed for that one. A little bit low. Cuellar ready to walk off the mound. He thought he had strike three. Now he turns his back on home plate. Trying to set Bando up with that curveball. He threw him the first two curves to strikes and wasted a couple of fastballs on him and then came back to the curve and he thought he had him, but Dave Phillips called it a ball. Now it's three and two. Two out of nobody on. No score, top of the first inning. The pitch on away, the curve, and it is outside. He walks. So Bando gets the base on balls and now Randy Jackson. Well, Herb, this could be a very ominous beginning. Coyer uh, has already gone to the full count on the first, you know, you know, on two of the first three batters. He's the kind of pitcher who usually stays ahead of the count. Okay, here's Reggie Jackson. He got his first hit of Missouri. It's his last time up yesterday. He's 1 for 11. Bando, not a threat to run his pal, holds him at first base. And a curve had Jackson swinging. A big curveball, and he took a big cut and missed. Jackson and Jim Palmer had a few words yesterday. Just one of those things that happens in a game. Jackson kept stepping out on him. Here's the pitch. Another slow curve outside and low. And the count is even now one and one. Well, in the papers this morning, uh, Jim Palmer just about accused uh, Ricky Jackson of being a hot dog. So that just kind of adds fuel to the fire. Okay, it's one ball, one strike to Reggie Jackson. They play him 
deep in the outfield, not playing him to pull too much. I figure he doesn't pull as well now. He's got that pull hamstring. And the right leg takes a high fastball from Cuellar, and the count is two balls and one strike. Mike Cuellar, known to his teammates as Crazy Horse. He's got a lot of superstitions or idiosyncrasies or whatever you want to call them. Now the stretch. A look over to first base and a pitch on away. Swing by Jackson, a high foul. Coming back our way, and it's going to be two and two to Reggie Jackson. Nobody could have almost caught that one. Don't go to my left very well. <laughs> or to my right. Two balls and two strikes. Playing a couple of steps off the bag down at first base. Cuellar pitch up high with a fastball. So there he goes with that 3-2 count again. He's had the 3-2 count three times in the first inning here. Jackson, the fourth man up. Cuellar's the type of pitcher. He's uh, known as sometimes a slow starter. He's the type of pitcher. Usually you feel you have to get him in the early innings. Generally, you will get better as the game wears along. Here's the pitch to Jackson. The curve, and he bounces it foul down the back. The count rides along at 3-2. You're certainly right, Herb. If you don't get Cuellar by the third inning, usually he's going to pitch a very strong game. Almost all of his losses come very early. Well, Jackson's still up there with a count of three balls and two strikes. Reggie Jackson, who is from this town of Baltimore, his mother still lives here. In fact, earlier this year, Reggie bought his mother a house here. Low curve, half swing. Oh, he didn't swing. And like that, but Jackson will go to first base. He checked his swing in time, a low curveball. Bando is now on second. And Oakland has runners at first and second with two out, and Joe Rudy coming up. Rudy two for 12 in the series. One of his hits a run scoring triple. Well, Cuellar is generally a control pitcher, as you know. He's already walked two men. up with Bando on second, Jackson on first two out. Today's game at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland. Listing with us today, Jerry Holtzman of the Chicago Sun-Times, also a columnist for the Sporting News, author of a very fine book, No Cheering in the Press Box. Yours truly, Herb Carneal from the Minnesota Twins, and right now, Quayar's got two men on with two out, no score in the first inning, the pitch in the dirt, blocked by Hendricks. Couldn't find the ball for a second, but it was right there in the left-handed batter's box. One ball and no strikes to count. So Cuellar struggling a bit here in the first inning. The amazing thing yesterday about Vida Blue, I think, was the fact that his control was so good. Of course, Baltimore did help him out now and then. They swung at some bad pitches. But Blue, who had had some control trouble during the regular season, didn't walk a man. In fact, he had only one three ball count, and that came in the eighth inning on Earl Williams. He got him on a third call strike on a 3-2 pitch. Now Cuellar delivers to Rudy. A low curve, and it's ball two. Now the count is 2-0 to Rudy. Also, what was remarkable about Vida Blue's performance yesterday is that I can recall a time, many times, when he threw nothing but fastballs, and that's why he was constantly being beaten. And yesterday, he threw nothing but fastballs and won. Just one of those days when uh, Blue was overpowering. You can tell that because Baltimore with eight right-handed batters in the lineup, but nobody was getting around on him. Well, 
after the ball's hit up in the air by Baltimore yesterday was hit all to the right of center. Etchebarren hit one to the center field fence, but it was caught by Norris. That's the closest Baltimore came to scoring. There's a high wide fastball to Rudy, and the count is three balls and no strikes to Rudy. If he gets on there, Gene Pennis would come up. Coyar started the inning off by getting Campanaris to North on ground ball. Walk Bando and Jackson each on a 3-2 pitch. Now he's behind Rudy 3-0. Oakland leading in the series, two games to one, in a best of five. The winner, of course, representing the American League in the World Series. This will start in the National League City. He's a Los Angeles of Pittsburgh Saturday. Here's the pitch. Fastball strike on the inside corner. Rudy backed up from it, but Dave Phillips called it. Now it's three and one. Five batters coming up for Oakland here in the first inning, and Cuellar has got the three balls on four of them. I assume that Rudy will be swinging on this pitch. Shouldn't be much question about it. He did step out, look down to Bobby Winkles, coaching a third. Boyar bluffs the throw to second. Bando gets back. A bright, sunshiny day again. This is the kind of situation, though, where you want Coyar to throw as many pitches as possible. Just make him work. Outfield is slightly in the left on Rudy. Number 26. Joe Rudy at 99 RBIs during the regular season. One here in the championship series. Got a staring contest right now. Finally, Cuellar gets the sign. He delivers. And it is a strike. A breaking ball on the outside corner. And it's three and two. The fourth time in the inning that Cuellar has gone to a 3-2 count. So now Bando from second. Jackson from first will be running. With two down and a full count to Rudy. Working very deliberately right now. Now he's waiting for Rudy to get back in the batter's box as they try to get together. Cuellar has his sign. The free two delivery. A curveball, and it's a check swing foul. Rudy couldn't make up his mind. Took a half swing and just fouled the pitch off. So the count rides along at three balls and two strikes. A very interesting thing, Herb, that uh, the Oakland Ball Club uh, has Rudy and uh, Sal Bando you know, they're top two RBI men, and they have two different men leading in home runs, Reggie Jackson and Gene Kenneth. It's a very unusual you know, situation. That it is. Boy, that big four really throwing a lot of runs for Oakland this year. They led the league and run scored. The team did. There's a change low and a ball four to Joe Rudy. And Earl Weaver on the double now comes out to talk to Cuellar, who has walked the bases loaded. Baltimore is going to get the bullpen going with Ross Grimsley out there. The base is loaded now on bases on ball. And Gene Tennis will be coming up. And as we've been mentioning throughout the course of the series, Gene Tennis, certainly uh, the most deceptive 211 hitter in the American League. And so far in this series, he has not had a hit in eight times up, but he has walked three times. He led the American League in walks with 110 this year. Weaver still out there talking to Cuellar and Elrod Hendricks, and now Dave Phillips going out to try to break it up. Bando's on third, Jackson on second, Rudy on first. Interesting situation, Jerry. I think that uh, normally with Hunter knocked out of the box in the opening game, you don't expect Hunter to have two bad games in a row, and yet Baltimore has been shut out twice in a row now, and uh, you know they have too much hitting ability to be shut out three times in a row. Well, it certainly wouldn't be unusual. Actually, uh, I certainly agree that Hunter 
It's almost never beaten twice in a row. That's one of, you know, one of the things he really has going for him today. Plus, of course, he's got a basic loaded situation right now with only one out. Two outs. Now Bobby Gritch comes in to say something to Cuellar, and now Hendricks is going back out to talk to Cuellar. While Trimsley, the left-hander, warms up in the bullpen for Baltimore. Gene Pennis at the plate with Bando on third, Jackson on second, Rudy on first. The walks have been in succession after Cuellar retired the first two batters. Seven-year-old Mike Cuellar. Now ready. Well, the base is loaded two out. No score in the top of the first inning. He's going to the windup. The pitch on the way. Breaking ball low. One ball and no strike. It's been a real struggle here in the first inning. But Cuellar. Outfield is towards left on tennis. Grinch, the second baseman, stationed well over towards the bag. Now about 15 feet off the line at first. Robinson about 10 feet off the line at third base. Belanger guarding the hole. One ball and no strikes to tennis. Boyar leaning in to take the sign from Elrod Hendricks. And the pitch from the left-hander. Fastball in there, strike. One and one to count. Well, Boyar certainly needed that one. He's been a while with all of his waking stuff so far. Gene Tennis, 26 home runs during the season, 73 RBIs. The 1 1 delivery to him. And it is a strike at the knees. He thought it was low. Put a solid on him. One ball and two strikes. Tennis, the type of a batter that uh, you like to keep the ball down on him. Sal Bando hit a home run yesterday, is a good low ball hitter. Tennis likes the ball around uh, from the waist up. Cuellar's ahead of him, one and two. Here's the windup, the pitch on the way. Fastball, high pop-up, off third base. Robinson will have a play. Puts Robinson under it, he has it. Cuellar threw his fastball and got tennis on a foul to Butch Robinson. No run, no hit, no errors. Three walks and three left for Oakland. Score at the end of the first half inning. Oakland, nothing. Baltimore coming up. The Oakland A's are confident that they have won the big one in the American League playoffs. The A's are using veteran Jim Hunter on the mound today against the Orioles in an effort to wrap up their third straight American League flag. Vida Blue's brilliant two-hitter and Sal Bando's homer was all the A's needed on Tuesday to move a game ahead in the best-of-five series. As close as they are to clinching another tenant, the A's are still feuding among themselves. First baseman Gene Tennis sharply criticized manager Alvin Dark for removing him for a pinch runner and hinted that it was to satisfy Oakland owner Charles Finley. Well, uh, be that as it may, Tennis was removed from the game on Tuesday, and his uh, replacement, Herb Washington, who is strictly a pinch runner for the Oakland Athletics, he does not bat, uh, Herb Washington came up and promptly tried to steal second and was thrown out on a close play, and uh, when he came to the dugout after being replaced in the lineup, Tennis slammed his helmet into the corner of the dugout and made his uh, feelings known to manager Alvin Dart. Following this American League Championship game on many of these same stations, you'll hear the fourth game of the National League Championship Series with Marty Brenneman and Bob Gibson reporting from Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles as the Dodgers lead the Pirates two games to one. In the field now for the Oakland A's, 
Ray Fossey behind the plate with Hunter on the mound. Bando at third. Campaneris at short. Green at second. Tennis at first. Rudy, North, and Washington in the outfield. Jim Catfish Hunter. He's a prime candidate, Jerry, for that Cy Young Award. He certainly is. He's uh, 25 and 12 for the year. You can't do much better than that. He was uh, also, he finished the season with winning 17 of his last 21 decisions. I guess that he's going to be the MVP in the American League. You know, the Cy Young winner. It's going to be interesting to see who wins the MVP in this league. Joe Rudy of Oakland's going to get a lot of votes, and of course, so is Sal Bando and Bobby Rich of Baltimore. Hunter was 2 0 this year against Baltimore. Rich Coggins, left handed batting right fielder, up in the first pitch low ball. Coggins 0 for 7 in the series. Baltimore roughed up Hunter in the opening game of the series. Last Saturday at Oakland, they hit three home runs off him, and Hunter went out in the fifth inning, giving up six runs in four and two-thirds innings. Low for the ball, 2-0. Hunter had, uh, he didn't actually have a control problem Saturday from the standpoint of walking batters, but he was throwing a lot of pitches too high. Fastball strike in over the knees of Congress, two and one to count. Hunter, of course, is rated as one of the outstanding control pitchers in baseball. He goes with a standard assortment, fastball, curve in the slider. There's a swing and a dive it out of the center field. North is there and makes the catch. Another very high, bright sky today, and you'll notice a lot of times out there, North did at that time try to turn to the side so you don't have to look directly up into that sun where the ball hit up in the air. Between center and right field, especially, you're looking right in the sun. Second day in a row, we haven't had a cloud in the sky. It was a little overcast this morning, but it soon cleared up. Here's Paul Blair, three for 11 in the series, putting a homer in two RBIs. Swing and a miss of the fastball. Blair hit a home run in the first inning Saturday to get Baltimore going against Hunter. Blair, great center fielder, hit 17 homers for Baltimore, strike on the outside corner, 0 2. Blair didn't like the call. He was at the grandstand umpires here at Memorial Stadium. No score. Last half of the first inning. Baltimore batting with one out of nobody on. George Stoller coaching at first. Billy Hunter at third for Baltimore. And there's a drive foul down the right field line. Blair protecting the plate. Fouled it off, and it's still 0 2. George Bamberger. Pitching coach, and now Earl Weaver charging out of the dugout. Dave Phillips, the umpire at the plate, walking over to meet him halfway, and there's a real rhubarb going. And it's about the second pitch to player that was called a strike, and apparently the Baltimore dugout on the third base side really started again on Phillips. Now the first base umpire, Marty Springstead, comes up. Weaver is really mad. He's really storming at Dave Phillips. Get away with a little more and a chance 
Connecticut Series or World Series. Here's the pitch on the way to Blair, and it is a ball outside. Well, you know, I can't blame Weaver. You know, he wants to get every edge that he possibly can. It's not a bad idea to complain in the first inning. Bang! And I missed. That was a fastball, and Blair's swinging this. Two down, nobody on. No score in the last three. First inning. Let's pause now, 10 seconds, for station identification. This game is coming to you on the Mutual Broadcasting System's American League Championship Network. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. Bobby Gretsch swinging, fouling the first pitch for a strike. Bobby Gretsch, 3 for 12 in the series. He hit a two-run homer off Hunter on Saturday. That was a blow that knocked Hunter out of line. Gave Baltimore a four-run inning in the fifth. Swing and a miss. 0-2. And incidentally, that's the last time Baltimore has scored in this series. Being shut out yesterday. They have been playing 22 consecutive innings. Low bridge to Gretsch on the two-strike pitch. One and two. the pitch on away. Playing a high pop-up. Bando coming up from third halfway to the plate. And he takes it. Rich pops the Bando, the third baseman, and the Orioles go one, two, three. Go with the score. Oakland nothing, Baltimore nothing at the Getting back to Alvin Dark, who uh, admits he was uh, the second choice as far as uh, manager goes because Finley, after it was announced in the clubhouse last year during the World Series, uh, reneged later and said he still wanted Williams to be his manager, but Williams said he had made up his mind and he was through with the Oakland Athletics. Dark realized that he was a second choice when he joined the team two weeks before spring training this year. He said, uh, I've never wondered about uh, Mr. Finley. I've always thought he was a help to his manager. And even though he has had differences with his managers, he has always offered to help them. He says, all managers and general managers have to work very closely. I came into this job at Oakland with this thought. He is the general manager and the owner combined in one. I don't have a middleman the way other managers do, so it's his job to do what he's doing. Dark added, for some reason, whenever Charlie Finley comes into the dugout or the clubhouse, everybody makes something of it. I don't think what he does is wrong. As a matter of fact, I've gone to him and asked him to give me his thoughts on things. We all want to congratulate Bill Burton, the Yankee manager. He was named by the Sporting News yesterday as the manager of the year in the American League, and he did a great job having the Yankees right up there until the final couple of days. Jerry, I think one thing interesting is that of all the managers in the championship series in both leagues, Danny Murtaugh of the Pirates, Walter Olsen of the Dodgers, Earl Weaver of the Orioles, and Alvin Dark, of Oakland, uh, not one of them uh, has been told definitely is going to be back. At least there hasn't been any announcement about that. That's right. I'm pretty sure that Danny Murtaugh of the Pittsburgh Pirates I won't be back. Uh, all the indications are that he's going to retire again after this year. This is his fourth term as the Pittsburgh manager. As far as Earl Weaver is concerned, I'm sure he'll be back too. Uh, Jerry Hoffman doesn't like to cut contract until the end of the season. There's Davis on the base of the Tommy Davis gets his fourth head and 12 times up. Back into the center field, bringing up both fouls. So you talk about players quitting and reaching the end of their career about three or four years ago when Tommy Davis was with the Cubs and the Cubs released him, sent him his release on Christmas Eve and they thought he was all through too. 
Tommy Davis led Baltimore and Hunt batted in this year with 84. Two more than Bobby Gritz. That looked like a letter high fastball that he hit right up the middle. Well, the first Baltimore hit, and now here's Luke Powell, who went hitless in four times up last Saturday. No score in the last half of the second inning. Davis, no threat to run at first base. Pennis will not hold against him, but Powell, the left-handed batter, up hundred delivers. Fastball strike in the low outside corner, throwing one. Luke Powell up, and Don Taylor on deck. He hits coming down the stretch. Swing is a hard ground ball to Green. The Campaneras for one. Back to first to tennis for two. Boy, he hit that ball hard, but right on the ground to Green. And a 4 6 3 double play. That's just about the best play in baseball, the double play. Well, I mean, for the pitcher who's in trouble, that is. It was really hard hit, but Dick Green came up with it cleanly. Green, Campaneras to tennis. Two out nobody on here is Don Baylor. He's three for 11 in the series. Right-handed batting Baltimore left fielder. High fly ball. Right center field, not very deep. North, the center fielder. To his left, makes the catch for the out. No runs, one hit. No errors and nobody left on. The score at the end of two innings. Oakland nothing, Baltimore nothing. Well, uh, later today, the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, hope to uh, even up their series with the L.A. Dodgers at uh, Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. On Tuesday, the Pirates staves off elimination with Willie Stargell leading the attack with a big, big three-run homer in the first inning. And it uh, got the Pirates off winging, and eventually they breezed to a victory 7-0 behind the Dodgers, who made more errors than they collected hits yesterday. The Dodgers had only four base hits off Bruce Keeson and his relief pitcher, and uh, they committed five errors. Danny Murtaugh still realizes his club is down two games to one, and it could all end today, but he said he isn't discouraged. He said, we realize we have to beat Don Sutton and then Andy Messersmith back-to-back in their home park, and we think they're the two best pitchers in baseball, but we feel it's a whole new season now. After all, look how far back we were in May and June. A lot of people counted us out when we got off to a bad start, but we came back and persevered and won it. So it's not impossible for us to do it against a good team like the Dodgers. Jerry, congratulations on your book, No Cheering in the Press Box. Got some great reviews on it. My telephone, when did you first get the idea to write a book like that? Well, I got the idea about three years ago. I went around the country and I saw... 44 uh, sports writers, the average age was about 75. <laughs> Most of them, uh, well, almost all of them are retired. And I just thought that somebody should go around while there was still the opportunity and that they would have a lot of old wonderful stories to tell. Many stories that they themselves have never written. And that's really what happened. They, it's a book of a lot of, you know, it's a, it's, no, it's a book about old men reliving their lives, really. Telling a lot of stories about Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb and the old timers. No cheering in the press box. Here's Billy North leading off for Oakland. Takes the first pitch low for the ball. North out third to first in the first inning. The line up by Hoyai, the pitch on the way. Swing and a bouncing ball down the third baseline. Robinson up with it. Fires over the first and got in. North can really fly and that ball gets a slow roller to Robinson charge and got him in first place. Here's Bando who walked in the first inning. You know, a lot of third basemen couldn't make that play. Of course, Butch Robinson does. He makes it look very easy. And he did. 
significant talent of the guy as fast as Bill Norris. All right, half of the third baseman in the league, why, you know, they couldn't have made that play in time to catch it. Very easy on a ball like that to try to rush it, and you don't ever come up with a ball. Here's Sal Bando now. Two home runs in this series. The game winner yesterday, the only run. Way high pitch. A low curve, ball one. No score in the top of the third inning. One out of nobody on for Oakland. Curve in the dirt, 2-0. You know, a lot of people compare Sal Bando with Ron Santa with the Chicago Cubs, who's now with the White Sox. And they really are a lot alike. They're both third basemen. They're both Italians. They're both right-handed power hitters. And they're both team leaders. Bando really is a fellow that keeps this ball club together. And I'm sure that he'll be a strong choice for the most valuable player honors in the, you know, in the American League. I think he'll get most of his competition from his teammate, Joe Rudy. The call strike to him on a fastball. The curve, he hits it easily back to Cuellar and over the first for the out. Now Bando, the team captain of the Oakland Club. You know, I asked Bando yesterday after the game if it was an upsetting thing for him and for his teammates when Gene Kennis threw his helmet out of the dugout when he was pulled for a pinch runner. I think that it's kind of a push thing for Kennis to do, but Bando said, well, he says, we all want to play nine innings, and I can understand how he feels. And Bando really always, he almost always says the right thing at the right time. He, uh, he's a great team leader. That he is. Here's Reggie Jackson up in the pitches high for a ball. The thing about Bando, he hit 22 home runs in the regular season. He hit at least one against every club except Baltimore. Now he's hit two against the Orioles in this series. Way our pitch. Last ball, a high pop foul. Up to the left out of play, and it's one and one. After yesterday's game, one of the sports writers asked Bando how... A hitter of his ability could be so inconsistent to hit 240. And Bando made a pretty good remark. He said, I wasn't inconsistent at all. He says, I hit 240 all year. And he drove in runs all year. <laughs> he certainly did. Here's the 1-1 pitch to Jackson. Pull ball for the ball. Two balls and one strike now to Reggie Jackson. One of the local columnists this morning, uh, Phil Jackman, one of the Baltimore papers accused uh, Reggie Jackson of being a hot dog. We saw his actions yesterday against Palmer in the late inning. Flag, last ball on the low outside corner. Now Jackson's on there. Big two balls and two strikes. Jackson has a habit of stepping out of the batter's box. Palmer got a little impatient. I guess that's what led to their exchange. Nothing serious. Last ball on outside. It's three and two now to Reggie Jackson. The season with 29 home runs. I thought he might hit 40 the way he started. There's a foul down and back. Three balls and two strikes. He got away very fast. A lot of people thought he might hit 40, maybe even 50 home runs. Right. He said, but you know, after, he thought about that too. But he said, you know, after you go a couple of weeks, maybe you only drive in a run or two and don't hit any home runs, then you're willing to settle for 30. <laughs> That's right. Here's the pitch. And it is low ball four. So Jackson walks, and is a fifth walk given up by Mike Cuellar. So far, that's the only way Oakland uh, has put anybody on by uh, the base on ball. Joe Rudy now, who walked in the first inning. You know, many players on the Oakland team think that Joe Rudy is the best hitter among them. 
He almost always makes contact. He's really an outstanding hitter. But he doesn't have the awesome power that, uh, you know, Bando and Jackson have, or, or even Kenneth. Bando hit 22 homers, drove in 103 runs. Joe Rudy hit 22 home runs, drove in 99 runs. Reggie Jackson hit 29 homers, drove in 93 runs. And Gene Tennis hit 26 home runs and drove in 73. Boston got all that great pitching. Third is all of all. Right, Jerry. And also, of course, as far as runs batted in, they got a couple of guys that get on base a lot. Campanaris and Morris. That's right. And I think one of the things that's been overlooked is they have an absolutely wonderful defensive ball club. Outstanding in the infield, good off-field play. And the pitch. Line drive is hit. Trapped by Gritz. He throws the foul, and Rudy is out. Hot shot that was trapped by Bobby Gritz, and he blows out. Joe Rudy at first base. No runs, no hits, no errors. One left arm. Score at the end of two and a half innings here at Baltimore is the A's nothing, Orioles nothing. Well, there was some big news in pro basketball today, and not good if you're a Boston Celtic fan. Doctors in Boston today say that center Dave Cowns will be lost to the champion Celtics for seven to eight weeks because of a fractured foot. Cowns was injured after pushing off the right foot during the third quarter of an exhibition loss to the Milwaukee Bucks at Madison Square Garden Tuesday night. Dave was playing his first game since bruising the arch on the same foot 12 days ago in a game with Denver. The Celtics team physician, Dr. Thomas Silva, one of the three examining Cowens today at University Hospital in Boston, diagnosed the injury as an undisplaced fracture of the metatarsal bone behind the big toe on his right foot. The 50-year pro from Florida State will be on crutches for two weeks and will not have his foot placed in a cast, according to the doctor. He said Cowan should be able to play by the end of November or the very early part of December. But that's a big loss, and two big superstars are now out. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is out with a broken hand and an injured eye for about six weeks. Now, Jerry and I want to greet some of the stations on our worldwide network, including KHVH in Honolulu, Hawaii, where it is now 9 o'clock a.m., so a pleasant good morning to you folks there. Also a greeting to WVTS in Terre Haute, Indiana, and WNNR in New Orleans. Brooks Robinson leaves it off in the third for Baltimore. One for nine in the series. That was a line drive homer off Hunter last Saturday. Fastball strike. Made two long singles with Brooks Robinson. There's the pitch on outside of ball. Outside Jerry. Brooks now has 2,698 hits, which is really amazing because I think he's only hit over 300 in his career. He is not fast to put. He doesn't beat out front. He doesn't have many legs. Here's a drive it out the right field, backing off his Washington, and he makes the catch. Brooks Robinson with a long fly to the right fielder, Quadro Washington. One away, and it'll bring up all right Hendricks. I can't think of anybody who's tougher to play with men at second and third than Brooks Robinson. He just always gets that single to right center right in that spot. And of course, in yesterday's game, some of these sports writers second-guessed Earl Weaver for having Baylor steal. You know, but, right. they, but, but uh, I think Weaver knew what he was doing. If you, you know, if Baylor gets to second base, all Robinson has to do is just get a single, and it's a tie ball game. But then batting Elrod Hendricks takes time for the ball. Elrod is one for four in the series. Mark Belanger's on deck. We have no score. Last of the third inning, Catfish Hunter. 25 and 12 on the regular season. Delivers high and wide over the mitt. Ray Fossey for ball two. I was talking to Elrod the other day when I first got here, and Elrod, you know, I asked him how much longer he's going to go, and Elrod says, well, as long as I hit 190, he says, he'll always have me back. He says, they don't expect much more than that. There's a pitch outside. 
that is down three and other. Because the worst thing that can happen is if we hit 250 one year, they'll expect we hit 250 every year. He's done a good job for him. He's sort of a spot catcher. And the pitch is a strike at the letters. He was ready to go to first. But Phillips called it a strike. Now it's three and one. Kelly Hendricks loves to play the game. He's one of those fellows always seems to be in a good mood. Here's the wind-up by Hunter. And the pitch on the way. Swing and a miss. Three balls, two strikes. No score in the last of the third inning here at Baltimore's Memorial Stadium. Temperature in the low 60s. A beautiful afternoon. Not a cloud in the sky. A very light breeze out of the northeast. He's just blowing in from left, but very lightly. Swing and a miss. A low fastball, and Hendricks is out. And, well, that's one reason that uh, Catfish Hunter is a great pitcher that he is. He got behind... Uh, Hendricks three and all, but he still came back to strike him out. Mark Belanger looking for his first hit of the series. Mark is 0 for 9. He's one of the most underrated players in the American League, Herb. I'm sure you realize that. He's a great shortstop. Might even be the best shortstop in the league, defensively. The John side of all. I referred to him yesterday as Mr. Consistency. Oh, God. Just, uh, you, you almost never see him die for a ball or anything like that, but he's always out there making the play. Amazing thing, he hits 225, and he's really, a, you know, one of the best players in the club and does more than many, many players who hit for a much higher average. There's a foul, one ball, one strike. Belanger is the type, of course, who can execute pretty good on getting guys over with a butt, hitting behind the runner. Right. He also almost never makes, you know, he almost, he almost never bobbles the ball in the field. He always, almost always gets his man. Pitches outside, two and one. Another thing he does so well is getting the ball to the second baseman on that double play, giving him a good throw. Here's a wind up by Hunter, and the pitch on the way to him. Swing and a miss. And for a low outside pitch, and it's two and two. Of all these shortstops, Belanger is possibly the most classic in style. He's tall and lean and rangy. The old Marty Marion type. Here's a swing, foul ball. Right straight back. Two strikes. And the pitch on the way. Another swing and a foul back and out of play. So the count remains. Two and two to Mark Belanger. Hunter has pitched to the minimum number of banners thanks to a double play. He's got up just the one hit. And the pitch is up high to Belanger, so again Hunter goes three and two. A pitcher like Hunter goes three and two. You don't think too much about it. You almost know he's going to get back the next pitch somewhere around the plate. Also, he's down at the bottom. You know, he, you know, he, uh, he's down at the bottom end of the batting order. There's a pitch is high. We did it for Catfish Hunter. Ball four, first walk of the game. Right now, we'll pause ten seconds for station identification. This game coming to you on the neutral broadcasting system, American League Championship Network. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. You're listening to the Voice of Information for the American Forces at 
instead of risking him as Hunter has walked a batter and the number nine batter in the order at that. And that's just about the average for Catfish Hunter. One walk a game over the season. Goes over to first base. Belanger gets back. Belanger also is an excellent base runner. I think if you check it out, you'll find that Hunter usually walks the bottom men in the order. Higgins up and a swing and a fly ball hits the right field. Claudel Washington to his right. Under it. He takes it. So Coggins, who has flied to center in the first inning, flies to right to end this inning. No runs, no hits. No errors, one left. So the score is Oakland nothing, Baltimore nothing. And uh, it's uh, another fine pitching effort, and the Orioles, of course, are running into a problem now. Coming into this ball game today, the Orioles had not scored since the fifth inning of the first game at Oakland when Cuellar won on Saturday 6-3. to three. So they've got an offensive problem. They've got to get some hits generating and score some runs, and that is a tough assignment against Jim Catfish Hunter. But uh, today, coming into the ballgame, 22 scoreless innings, and now Catfish Hunter has made it 24. So it's uh, strong pitching for Oakland and strong pitching for Baltimore, too. Palmer lost the heartbreaker on Tuesday. That only runs scoring on the homer by Sal Bando. The weather in Los Angeles is a bit better today than it was yesterday. Uh, yesterday, they had a lot of shower activity, and it was a threat of rain, 40% uh, threat to cancel a ball game, but they did get it in. Probably the Dodgers wished that the game had been canceled or postponed another day because yesterday, Walter Alston said it's possible we played the worst game we have played this season. And he could be right. The Dodgers committed five errors and gave the game away very early. Baltimore's Memorial Stadium. Herb Carneal here with Jerry Holtzman of the Chicago Sun-Times and the Sporting News. No score at the end of three, and Jerry Baltimore now has been blanked 25 consecutive innings. Well, let's see what happens to Cuellar now. He's had his three shaky innings. Let's see if he can really settle down and start mowing him down. One, two, three. This is when he starts getting tough about the fourth inning. Cuellar. Five men, he walked three in the first inning, one in the second, and one in the third. Gene Tennis will lead it off Rose, but he fouled out to Brooks Robinson with the bases loaded in the first inning. The wind-up by Quayar, the pitch on the way. A slow curve, outside of all. Tennis is a good high ball hitter. And the pitch. Curve and a strike call. Throwing him the hook twice, one ball, one strike. Now, Tennis didn't like the call. Waddell Washington on deck, and then Ray Fossey do up. Oakland, no runs, no hits, no errors. Baltimore, no runs, just one hit and no errors. There's the windup and the pitch on the way. Breaking ball is high. Two and one. Did you hear that, Herb? Some fan just yelled, send in a pinch runner for him. Oh, <laughs> Referring to yesterday's incident. And Tennis was really upset, as you pointed out a while ago, through his helmet. Then he broke a couple of bats in the, in the, in the runway later. Check swing, foul off to the right. Two balls and two strikes. We were talking about Herb Washington the other day, Jerry, and Charlie Finley doesn't like to refer to him as the designated runner. He refers to him as his designated stealer. <laughs> but so far, Herbie has offered two finest right. steal in this series. Here's the pitch on the way. Low fastball, and it's now three and two. Well, oh, when you see Herb Washington, the Olympic sprint champion, you really, it, uh, you know, it, it makes you appreciate Lou Brock more than ever before. Because, you know, it, it takes more than just speed to steal a base. Absolutely. Here's the payoff pitch to tennis. And a swing and a miss. Fastball, he gets it down, and he struck him out. Mike Cuellar with his second strikeout. Bono Washington now has bounced the first. His only time up in the game. 
thing about Quayhart is that despite the fact he's been in so much trouble, he's been able to retire the first man in every inning, which is really the sign of a good pitcher. At least he gets that first out. Right. In fact, so far, well, in the first three innings, he got the first two men out at each inning. It takes a lot of pressure off him. His pitch is curveball and outside the ball. He walked the bases loaded in the first inning after getting Campanaris in the north. Then Green walked the two out in the second, and Jackson walked the two out in the third inning. One out here in the fourth, and the pitch on the way. Swing and a miss. Washington had a good cut. The fastball. One ball and one strike to Claudel Washington. Minnesota Twins, 
down. Dick Green at the plate. But Washington on second. Two out and no score in the top of the fourth inning. Oakland's had somebody on base every inning. The stretch by Cuellar, the pitch. Fastball strike, low outside corner. Nothing in one. Stadium. They seat a little over 52,000 here. Yesterday they had 32,000, which actually was uh, larger attendance than they had expected. They were looking for a top of around 25 or 26, but it was a beautiful day and they had a good gate sale. There's a low fastball and Green chops at the Quayar over the pile and the side's out. One three to play. No runs, no hits. One error, one left. The score at the end of three and a half is the Oakland A's nothing. The Baltimore Orioles nothing. Well, of course, uh, Tuesday, the big hit of the day, and maybe the biggest hit of the series to date, was that home run by Sal Bando that provided Vida Blue with the only run he needed. After the game Tuesday, Orioles losing pitcher Jim Palmer said that Vida Blue just pitched a little better than he did. Well, we'll be getting back to the ball game in uh, just a moment at uh, Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. There is no score and a correction. Uh, we said 24 innings for the Baltimore Orioles. We should say 25. They came into this ball game with a 22-inning scoreless streak, and uh, they haven't scored a run yet in this ball game through the first three turns at bat, so it's a 25-inning drought. Now let's get a report from uh, Dodger Stadium on uh, how the preparations are going there. Contrast to yesterday, the weather is simply out of this world here in Los Angeles this afternoon. Blue skies overhead, the temperature is expected to be in the mid-70s, and before another sellout crowd in Dodger Stadium, we're going to have a rematch this afternoon between the two opening game pitchers that we saw in Pittsburgh. Left-hander Jerry Royce will go for the Pirates, and right-hander Don Sutton, who pitched such superlative ball for the Dodgers in that 4 3 nothing shutout Saturday afternoon. We'll try to wrap things up here in Los Angeles. We interrupt this program for a special report from Mutual News in Washington. President Gerald Ford has just completed a formal White House news conference at which he condemned the violence accompanying a school busing order in Boston. Discussing the economy, the president said America is not in a recession and he hopes for a reduction in the rate of inflation by next year. The president said he still thinks he will probably run for re-election in 1976 and said he'll discuss his pardon of Richard Nixon only in testimony to the House Judiciary Committee. Mutual News will broadcast the President's news conference in full at 9.05 Eastern Time tonight. This special report has come to you from the Mutual News headquarters in Washington. We now rejoin the baseball playoffs in progress. By Davis in the second, but he was almost immediately doubled up. 4-6-3 with Powell with a sharp wrap to Dick Green. Bobby Gretschup, he's popped up to Bando at third base in the first inning. Scoring the last of the fourth inning. Of course, no tomorrow for Baltimore. They have to win today to stay alive in the series. In the best of five games set, Oakland leading two games to one. Bobby Gritch. Baltimore second baseman up there. It's all the first base and player gets back. Paul Blair, one of the better base runners in the league. The pitch is one outside of all. Got behind Blair, 2-0, came into that fastball, and Blair ripped it in the hole off for a solid single. And for some reason, Hunter is going to his fastball exclusively so far in this inning. Now the stretch by the right-hander, and the pitch. And another one outside, ball two, and now Fossey, the catcher, asking time, and he's going out to have a talk with Captain Hunter. He was gotten behind on the first two batters here in the fourth inning. 2-0 to Bobby Gritch, but Tommy Davis on deck. We'd like to greet some more of our stations 
on our worldwide network here for the American League Championship Series, including KIBL in Beeville, Texas, WRIS in Roanoke, Virginia, and WBOR, Rochester, New York. Nobody out here for Baltimore. Blair getting a good lead at first base. Tennis holding with him a throw, and he gets back. Blair has 29 stolen bases. 26 stolen bases, but it's only caught nine times. A great ratio. There's a high fly ball into right field. Washington, the right fielder, under it. And he makes the catch. So Gritch flies to right. One gun. Blair is still at first, and Tommy Davis coming up. That could have been a good spot for a hit and run play right there. The only thing is that Gritch uh, is, is, you know, is a very high strikeout man and doesn't always make contact. Fastball up the middle for a single in the second, but two pitches later, Powell hit into a 4-6 three-double play. Powell did hit the ball very hard, but right at Dick Green. Right now, Green in there talking to Catfish Hunter. Tommy Davis and Butch Robinson are allowed to call uh, hit and run on their own by manager O'Leaver, who is not a real believer in the hit and run play, but Davis and Brooks Robinson both have good bat control. There he goes. The pitch is swung out and missed. Here's the throw. It's there, and he is out. Perfect throw by Ponce to Campanaris. Well, they tried to hit and run, but Davis missed the ball. It was down low on him. And a perfect throw by Ponce to Campanaris, and they had players sliding in. Well, there were two outs, nobody on. Well, that's what happens when the batter misses the ball on the hit and run. Ray Fossey has really been playing well in this series. There are very few players in the big leagues who have the back control that Tommy Davis has. That throw by Fossey was right on the money to get players sliding in. And here's a strike on the outside. Turner is throwing two. No score. Last of the fourth inning. Two strikes now to right-handed batting Tommy Davis. Pitch off the outside corner. One ball, two strikes. All of all with only three base runners today, and two of those have been a race. Hunter's pitch. Playing ground ball to Campanaris. He's up with it. Takes it out over the tennis for the out. That's all for Baltimore. No runs, one hit, no errors, and nobody left on base. So the score here at Baltimore at the end of four innings. The A's nothing, the Orioles nothing. Well, uh, with the playoffs still underway and the World Series schedule to start Saturday and other professional sports uh, will be getting underway tonight, the National Hockey League opens its 58th season with seven games on tap. The league's two new expansion teams, the Washington Capitals and the Kansas City Scouts, are set for action. Washington will visit the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden for their first game in league play, and Kansas City will play the Maple Leafs at Toronto, Canada. So another hockey season upon us, and this will be the biggest hockey season ever. Of course, uh, there are now two conferences, and within each conference, a number of divisions named after men who had done much to uh, build up the National Hockey League to where it is today. And of course, the National Hockey League will be expanding further within the next three to four years. So uh, big things in the National Hockey League as it opens a regular 80-game sch schedule tonight. And uh, after all is said and done, of the 18 teams, only six will be eliminated from the postseason playoffs. 
What's really amazing so far is that Hunter uh, hasn't really been quite that sharp, but yet he's only pitched to one batter over the minimum in the first four innings. He's faced uh, 13 batters. Uh, he's had to help a one-dollar play and one man caught stealing. And, of course, this is the way to do it, is to face as few batters as possible. In the two games here at Baltimore now, the Orioles have not advanced a runner beyond first base. Last Orioles runner to get the on first was Don Bailey, who got the second base on Sunday against Kenny Holtzman. Mm -hmm. Now here is Bert Campanaris. As Holtzman sends up the top of the order, Norris and Nando to follow. Campanaris was rounded to short, hit into a 6-4, force out. So twice, he has hit the ball to Mark Belanger. Mike Cuellar struggling with his control in the early part of the ball game delivers, and it's low for the ball. You know, the other players consider Campanaris to be really a working type of ball player. He's a kind of ball player. He earns about $90,000 a year, but he plays like he's earning about $20,000. There's a foul on the ground of the left. One ball, one try. He plays extremely hard all the time as if he's going to be sent down to the minor leagues tomorrow. That's one of the reasons he's such a good player. Right. He also saves his money, from what I hear. Just outside the ball, and it's two and one now. Oakland has put somebody on base every inning. And Quayar delivers. Swing and a miss. He went for a high wide pitch up Two balls and two strikes again. Quayar has walked five this afternoon, and he has struck out two. There's another example of, of, of how cunning Quayar is. That was a very bad pitch that Campanera swung at. Quayar has that ability to make hitters swing at bad pitches. Fastball hit up in the air to right field. Coggins is there, and he takes it for the out. Campanera flies to right. One gone in the open fifth. There's Billy Norris, who twice has bounced out to Brooks Robinson. Switch hitting center fielder, Bill Norris. Norris, who led the league in stolen bases this year with 54. Last year, he had 53. up in the front part of the batter's box and takes a strike over the knees, nothing in one. Interesting to note that Jerry and Panza through the first four innings, Cuellar threw 86 pitches and Hunter only threw 45. Uh-huh. So Cuellar was three and two on a lot of batters. High fastball that North went after. And it's nothing in two. There's North complaining again about that pitch. the count and Quayai delivers to him and he runs up on it and takes outside a ball. The count was two strikes but look, he might uh, try to surprise Brooks Robinson there. Robinson is backed off a bit with a count two strikes thinking he would not bunt. Well, I tell you, it wouldn't be too bad a play. Wing, here's a ground ball to short. Good bounce for Belanger over the pile at first base for the out. North Speed just uh, make it pretty close at that. But he's out short the first two gone and Sal Bando now has walked and hits back to Quayai. Score in the top of the fifth inning. Oakland leading in a series, two games to one. That's the five series. You know, the Orioles haven't been, I mean, uh, the, the A's haven't been able to hit Koya very solid. Only one put out has been made by the Baltimore outfield so far. All the others in the infield. Uh, it appears to have good stuff. It seems to me that uh, he's had a surprisingly good fastball. We've mentioned that earlier in the game, but fastball might be underrated. Here's an off-speed pitch and it's full foul by Bando on the ground. Had him in front of it. Nothing in one. Quayar always gets a lot of ground balls. 
Dugan, nobody on in the top of the fifth inning. And the pitch on the way to Bando. Off the outside corner for a ball. One and one the count now to foul Bando. Four times in the last five years, this fellow has led his team in runs batted in, including this year with 103. unusual things about Bando is that he's a uh, he's a power hitter who chokes up on the bat. That's right. He doesn't swing from the bottom of the bat. He clouds the plate and he comes up on the handle of the bat in about three inches. Swing and a miss. Fastball away from him this time and it's two and two. Actually, I think more players should do that. Uh, I mean, I mean, Bando proves that you know that you can choke up on the bat and still hit the long ball. Two and two to Bando. Baltimore plays him around towards left. Boy, are winding and the pitch on the way. Pass ball and fouled upstairs. Out of play, the count remains two balls, two strikes. I understand you were quite a long ball hitter in your day, Herb. Is that right? I don't know. The only ones I ever hit went in the catcher's mitt. <laughs> Line drives to the catcher, they used to say. <laughs> Here's the pitch. And it's outside. Three balls and two strikes. And now Hendricks going out to have a word with Mike Cuellar, who has now arrived at one of his familiar 3-2 counts this afternoon. His control has been getting better, though, as the game has worn along. Interesting to note, too, that as Cuellar gets in a better groove, he has been working much faster than he did early in the game. But he is really deliberating on every pitch. Three and two to Bando. Two out, nobody on it, no score. The pitch on the way. And it is high and outside. The player now has given up his sixth walk of the game. And it'll bring up Reggie Jackson, who has walked twice today. This might be the most walks player has given in one game this year. It's amazing now that Cuellar already has thrown more pitches in this game than Blue threw in nine innings for Oakland yesterday. 103 pitches have been thrown already by Cuellar. Six, struck out two. The only other runner to get out was by an error. Brought out Washington reaching on a wild four by Belanger. Jackson looks at a fastball in there for a strike. Nothing at one. Well, here's a spot for Reggie to be a hero. Both foul, not holding with Bando. And the pitch. Swing and a miss. Well, he was trying. If that was a home run cut, I never saw one. He really went after it. Swing and a miss by Jackson. I think the fact that Reggie's playing with a bad leg is certainly uh, lessened the possibility of him, you know, hitting the long ball. Although he went for it then. I don't think he's been swinging for it as, you know, as consistently as he would ordinarily if he was. Baltimore actually has not been playing him to pull the ball as they normally would. Wasted a fastball. One ball, two strikes to count out of Reggie Jackson. with runners on base every inning, but so far there's no score. The big threat came in the first inning when Cuellar walked three men with two out, got tennis for the third on the foul to Bush Robinson. Here's a curve, just missed for the ball. All even out of Reggie Jackson. Cuellar has the sign. Here's the stretch. And the pitch on the way. A fastball is up high. Reggie Jackson, so Bando will be running with two down here. Jackson already has walked twice in the game. 
Looking for his sign from Henrik. The pitch on the way. A high fastball. Jackson has walked for the third time today. And Cuellar has given up his seventh walk. Seven walks in four and two-thirds innings. Cuellar walked four. Last Saturday in eight innings. Now Henrik's going out to talk with him as Joe Rudy comes up. Rudy walked in the first inning. Then he hit a hard one-hop liner to Bobby Gritch. To Gritch's left, he came up with the ball on the first bounce and threw him out for the third out in the third inning. You know, Herb Reggie Jackson during the offseason, he sells real estate in the Phoenix, Scottsdale area. He almost sold me a lot last year in Carefree, Arizona. Almost. Almost, not quite. Maybe this next coming. Coming this next year. Back to the next. They were talking about Reggie and his exchange yesterday with Jim Palmer. He said, really, we're good friends. He said, in fact, uh, Jim bought some real estate from me out there. So. Matter of fact, Palmer lives out there, too. Yeah. Well, I think everybody's Reggie Jackson's good friend. He's a very garrulous, open, you know, open sort of fellow. Olsen with a threat now. Bando on second. Jackson on first two out. Rudy at the plate. No score in the top of the fifth inning. Most of the afternoon, it's been a struggle for Mike Cuellar. Olsen left six runners on in the first four innings. Now they have two men on here in the fifth. Cuellar taking too much time, and Rudy steps out of the batter's box. most of the batter's box when he gets all spread out. He crouches over the plate. A curve in the dirt. Bounces off to the right. The runners will move up. Bando goes to third. Jackson to second on a wild pitch by Cuellar. Ball was in the dirt. And skidded off to the right of the plate. So now the count is one and nothing to Joe Rudy. Grimsley again going out there in the Baltimore bullpen. He's been up this is the third time he was up the first two innings. So now we have runners on second and third. They're going to walk Rudy with first base open. They'll give him the intentional walk. This will be the eighth walk off Coyai. It'll bring up Gene Pennant. Herb, this is one of the underrated plays in baseball, the intentional walk. I think it really is a very good move. And for some reason, the fans don't like it. I, I, I just don't think they fully appreciate what a good move it is. Okay, right now we'll pause 10 seconds for station identification. This game coming to you on the Mutual Broadcasting Systems American League Championship Network. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. This is American Forces Radio at 790 and 1420. Oh, no question, that was a percentage move. They walked Rudy, who was a 293 hitter this year with 99 RBIs, to pitch the tennis, who batted 211 and drove in 73. Tennessee is a very good clutch hitter, but now they have a force play at any base out there with two outs. The pitch is low for the ball, one another. It's been a very unusual game. The only man to get on for Oakland with less than two outs was Washington in the fourth inning when he reached on an error. Everybody else has been on after two men have been retired in the inning. Whoa, ball two. Taking ball down low, and here comes Earl Weaver out of the third base dugout. The only thing wrong with walking a man to fill the bases is always the possibility that the pitcher will walk the next man. But a control pitcher such as Quayer really shouldn't have that problem. Well, no doubt but that uh, Quayer is he's back to the wall right now with the bases loaded and two out and he's behind a Gene Tennis, two balls and no strikes.
third, Jackson on second, Rudy on first. No score in the first half of the fifth inning. Right hand of batting, Gene Tennis. Back foot anchored on the rear line of the batter's box. Here's the windup by Cuellar, and the pitch on the way. Low fastball, and it's three and nothing. Three ball, no strike count to Gene Tennis, and no place to put him. He's going to have to put this stick in there. Just hope somebody catches the ball. There's a three-out delivery to Gene Tennis, and he took it for a strike. Three and one. Three ball, one strike down, bases loaded and two down. Play on with a side. Here's the wind up the pitch. Whoa, he walked it, the first of the run. the league, remember, in walks this year, although he did hit only 2-11. He walked 110 times. Forcing in Mando from third with the first run of the game. Jackson to third, Rudy to second. Tennis, of course, will get an RBI. Ninth walk of the game that Oakland has had one intentional walk. I think it might be time to uh, stick a fork in Quayar and take him out. Boy, he has really labored out like there today. Washington at the plate. Left-handed batter is bounced to first, leaps down an air. Swing and he slices a foul off to the left. One strike. That is the fourth walk for tennis in this series. He's following right along in the same pattern that he did in the regular season. Actually, in the series here, he's over 10, but he's walked four times. Pitch is low for the ball. One and one now. The Claudel Washington. That's the run batted in, of course, for tennis on the bases loaded walk. Jackson on third, Rudy on second. Now tennis on first. Oakland leading one nothing in the fifth inning. Pitch is low and outside, two and one. And this is going to be all for Cuellar. He has not given up a hit. But he will leave. His control might uh, come around there. He didn't walk anybody in the fourth inning, but then he started walking him again here with two outs. So Cuellar goes four and two-thirds innings. He didn't give up any hits. He walked nine, one intentionally, and struck out two. A hand for Cuellar as he leaves. And Ross Gipsley coming on, and with this pause, in the action. Well, uh, Mike Cuellar, who uh, leaves the ball game under unusual circumstances, he has not pitched that bad a ball game, but his control has been battling him all afternoon. Cuellar is one of the best deals the Baltimore Orioles ever made. You recall back in 1968, he was pitching with the Houston Astros. And uh, in his final year with Houston, after spending four years with them, he wound up winning eight and losing 11. And that was nothing really to write home about, but evidently the Orioles saw something they liked. They purchased his contract in a trade uh, with infielder Elijah Tom Johnson for outfielder catcher Kerb Blethery. And Blethery never really caught on with Houston, so that panned out to be a great deal for Baltimore. And since 1969, Big Mike has been quite a consistent performer, even though he didn't have it today. Over that stretch of time, since the 69 season through 1974, Cuellar has won 125 games and lost only 65, so he's doubled his one-loss ratio. He's been a very consistent pitcher. He won 22 this year, but he didn't have it today. Left-hander Ross Grimsley, he won 18 and lost 13 during the regular season. He came over from the Cincinnati Reds a couple of winters ago. 
in exchange, uh, last winner, actually, this has been his first full year in the American League, in exchange for Merv Rittman, the outfielder who went to the Reds. And this year, Grimsley won 18 and lost 13, mostly as a starter, he only relieved once. But he's a little more flexible as far as not needing as much rest between starts as fellas like Jim Palmer and Dave McNally. So he volunteered to go to the bullpen, and this is his second relief role in the series. He got the last three outs for Cuellar last Saturday. If Grimsley completes the walk, the walk will be charged with the previous pitcher, which is who is, who is Cuellar, of course, to be a tenth walk. The rules state that if you come in in this kind of a situation with two and one, the walk is charged with the previous pitcher. If the count was one and oh, uh, uh, he'd be Grimsley's man all the way. Now to Cordell Washington. Ross Grimsley is following in his dad's footsteps as a major league pitcher. Grimsley's been in a lot of pressure packed situations. He was in the 72 World Series against Oakland. There's a high top foul. It's going to be a play though to the left, and it's two and two to Washington. 1972 World Series, Grimsley started one game and lost two to one, but he got credit for two wins in relief in that series. Left-hander with a standard assortment. Doesn't overpower the ball. Batters most of the times a sneaky fastball. Right now, the 2-2 pitch coming down to Washington, and it's high for a ball. So it is three and two to Cordell Washington. Bases are loaded. And Oakland is leading one to nothing in the top of the fifth inning. Jackson on third, Rudy on second, Tennant on first. Washington steps out for a moment. They're playing him the opposite way. They don't figure he's going to pull the ball. Grimsley ready. Here's the lineup. The left-hander sits on the way, and it's swung out a bouncing ball. Two hopper to Bobby Gritch. The peg over to Powell, and the side is out. Four three to play, but Oakland comes up to the first run of the afternoon on no hit. No errors. There were four walks. One intentional and three left on. Our score is Oakland one, ball to more nothing at the end of four and a half innings. Having a look at uh, Cuellar's counterpart on the mound today, James Augustus Catfish Hunter. He was tagged by his parents after he ran away from home and returned with two catfish, and that name has hung on since he was a young boy down in Hertford, North Carolina. Big Jim has been one of the most consistent pitchers in baseball over the past seven years. He started with Oakland in 1968, and in his initial season in uh, the Oakland stable, after the club moved from Kansas City, he uh, came up to the majors in 65. Then Kansas City moved to Oakland, California in 68. And from that point on, he became a double-digit winner. He won 13, 13, 12, 18, 21, 21, 21, and this year 25. His major league record is 161 victories and 113 losses. And uh, he has been a workhorse pitcher. To give you an idea, this year he worked almost 300 innings. Last year, 256. The year before that, 295. And in 1971, he worked 274 innings. From Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, this is Herb Carniel of the Minnesota Twins. Along with Jerry Holtzman of the Chicago Sun-Times. And columnist also for the Sporting News. And right now, Jerry, I think it's about time for you to level with us. What's the difference between writing and announcing? <laughs> when you're writing a game and just, you know, uh, you know, coming a game for a newspaper and announcing it. 
when you're a sports player, you can get a hot dog and miss a pitch or two. But when you're an after game, you got to watch every pitch. So uh, these people are certainly more alert than we are in many ways. Yeah, but of course, if you make a mistake, it's on the air and it's gone. If we make a mistake, they send it to us a month later. That's very generous of you. I hope my boss is listening in. <laughs> <laughs> There's Blue Powell up and a fight gets called to him. Nothing in one. Blue get a hard ground smash to Dick Green in second, but he started a double play after a leadoff single by Davis in the fourth inning. I think Blue Powell is a good example of what you're talking about before, about when, you know, when is a player finished. Obviously, Blue Powell isn't finished, although some people thought so earlier this season. There's a foul right straight back. Going to boost him. Good as many a key hit. You know, he's a great off-season fisherman. He lives down in Miami. Spends most of the winter on his boat down there. He's one of the most gentle people I've, you know, I've met in the big leagues. Like, yeah. you know, like most big men. Like Howard. He's a very gentle guy. And the pitch outside the ball. One and two. In fact, it's kind of interesting. Uh, there, I was here the other night, and I saw a big black Cadillac with the license plate spelled out Boog. I asked him the next day if that was his car, and he said, no, he said, some dentist in town, he thinks, drives that car around. He's never even met him. This is low for the ball, and it's two and two. He said, you know, he says, I wouldn't advertise myself. He says, I wouldn't, you know, have a license plate with the word Boog on it, but somebody else has, obviously. That is a remarkable facial resemblance to Jack Nicholas, the golfer. High foul. Down below, and it's... Still two and two to Booth You could have you could have gone for that one, Herb. Just dive right over the booth here. Either get a basket or a fish net. Well, Harry Carey in Chicago, you know, has a basket. Draws a lot of attention. They crowd oohs and ahs. He never misses. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He's got good hands. Here's the pitch on the way to Powell, and it's going on. Right at Washington. Oh boy, did he watch that ball? It was a line drive hit right at the right fielder Washington. There's one of those. I don't think he hit a ball any harder than that. That and the one that you Barrett hit yesterday are the only just about the only two balls hit salad by the Orioles here in Baltimore. That's right, that's a Barrett hit his to the deepest corner of the park, almost to the Fort Pym sign. Strike to Baylor. Oakland is leading one to nothing. Last of the fifth inning. Oakland leading in the series two games to one. If Oakland wins today, the American League Championship Series is over. And Oakland would represent the league in the World Series. A bit high of all. Oakland really has been an amazing club. In 1972, they won the championship series three games to two from the Tigers. Went on to beat the Reds four games to three in the series. Last year, they beat Baltimore three games to two in the championship series and beat the Mets four games to three in the World Series. Foul back out of play by Baylor, one and two. It'd be an amazing thing, though, if they won this game on a walk with the bases loaded. That's about the most embarrassing way of, you know, you know a ball club can lose a game is oh. to walk in the winning run. Especially for a pitcher like Cuellar. Oakland has not had a base hit in the game. Baltimore's had only two off on it. Swing and a miss, a fastball. Don Baylor went after it, nipping for the third strikeout. Chalked up by Hunter. Now Brooks Robinson, he hit a ball hard, uh, fairly hard in the third inning to deep right center, but it was no trouble for Cordell Washington. 
nobody on. Remember, Baltimore has not scored since the fifth inning of the opening game at Oakland Saturday. Ball on outside. They got four runs in that fifth inning against Hunter. That ended Baltimore's scoring for the day, and they won the game 6-3. to three. Holtzman shut them out Sunday. Blew yesterday, and they have not scored against Hunter so far today. There's a strike, a fastball on the outside corner. 1-1. Brooks Robinson has a new book out called Third Base is My Home. And he and Blaze Starr, the striptease artist from Baltimore, are the two Baltimore authors, big authors this year. Blaze Starr has a book out, too. They're both going outside, two and one. Now Brooks and Blaze are both Baltimore institutions. Well, that's a, certainly an appropriate title for Mr. Robinson. Yes, Third Base is My Home. There's a foul back out of play. Two balls and two strikes. Robinson's a lot like Ernie Banks, you know. He's really a great favorite in his hometown. Ernie Banks for the Cubs. Looks really an outstanding gentleman. Here's the pitch to him. Swing, and he chops one foul off to the left. Off and, his of course, court. you have one up in Minnesota in Harmon Killebrew. Mr. Nice Guy, all three of them. Yeah. Ernie Banks, George Robinson, Harmon Killebrew. I've got to commend your manager, uh, Herb, uh, Frank Willis. He, you know, he, uh, he finished ahead of the White Sox, but, but certainly seemed to be a very inferior team. That's right. We had a very young club in, in Minnesota this year. Robinson is the fly ball at the right field, fairly deep. Back goes Washington, and he makes the catch on the track in right field. Two long fly balls, and Robinson has hit the Claudel Washington. Three up and three down. The score now at the end of five innings here at Baltimore is the A's one, Orioles nothing. Jim Catfish Hunter continues to mow him down, and, uh, you know, the odds have to be with the uh, Oakland Athletics today, not only from the fact that they are leading in the ballgame one to nothing, but as was pointed out by Herb Carneal at the outset of the broadcast, it is very, very rare indeed where Jim Catfish Hunter pitches two bad games back. the outset of the broadcast, it is very, very rare indeed where Jim Catfish Hunter pitches two bad games back-to-back. And uh, he is proving that old adage again that he is consistent because in his last start, he was uh, homered out of the ball game by the Orioles in the opener when Cuellar beat him 6-3. The Orioles banged four home runs in that ball game. And uh, Catfish admitted he didn't have it that day, but he told reporters he'd have it when he went to the mound in Baltimore. And thus far today... He has been uh, the pitcher of perfection that he has been for the last four or five years for the Oakland Athletics. Hunter received a reported $75,000 bonus to sign with the Kansas City Athletics, now the Oakland Athletics, back in 1964. Uh, they shipped him out to Daytona Beach in the Florida State League. He made his first appearance with Kansas City in 65, and in his first year was 9 and 11. Very warm welcome to more stations on our worldwide network for this championship series in the American League. KIAK in Fairbanks, Alaska. KHYT in Tucson, Arizona. And WSTU in Stewart, Florida. I guess we should point out to Herb that Charlie Finley has a new mascot this year. You know, the, uh, you know he's always had that Missouri mule. This year he has Miss California who was the runner-up in the Miss America contest as the A's mascot, I guess you'd sell him with the ball club. And Jerry Hoffberger, the owner of the Baltimore Orioles, was asked before the game, he, somebody said, well, why don't you get Miss Maryland and have her as your mascot? And Hoffberger, Mr. Hoffberger said, Jesus, if I do that, my wife will make me sell the team. 
Do you think Mr. Finley's taste is improving? <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Here's the first pitch on the slow outside of Ray Fossey. You know, he carried that mule everywhere, you know, including under the pressure of the hospitality room, and the mule used to stick his nose in everybody's shoe. Here's the pitch. He's playing in a high foul off to the right. Let's see if Henry shall have room. And he makes the catch right at the box seat railing. Off to the right on the first base side. Fossey fouls the old Ron Hendricks. One away. And that'll bring up Dick Green, who has walked and hit back to the pitcher. You know, that's one thing about this ballpark. The fences here are very short down the line. But it's, in a sense, it's still a pitcher's ballpark because there's good foul territory for a catcher to catch a foul tip. You know, you know, Just like an Right. That's a very important thing that most fans don't realize is that the area behind the plate, that can be very important to a pitcher. He can get two or three outs a game right, right. back there. Gives him more chances for a few more putouts. Right. Balls that normally wouldn't be caught would go in the stands are catchable here and also in Oakland. I think they even have more room in Oakland than they do here. Pitch outside to Dick Green for a ball. Ross Grimsley delivers. Slow fastball. Ball two. How do you like Ross Grimsley's hairdo? Very cool. Yeah, it's kind of a curly Prince Valiant, isn't it? Uh, yep. <laughs> He's right in style, I guess. Yeah. My boy's got the same hairdo. My son. Here's the pitch. Playing ground ball to short. Olanger up with it. Takes the foul for the up. Six straight to play. They get Dick Green. Two down. Nobody on. It'll bring up Campanera to his ground of the short. Get into a short to second force, and he's fly to right. Oakland leading one to nothing in the top of the sixth inning. Although they have not had a hit in the game. Bert Campanaris, the roadrunner, they call him on the Oakland ball club. Fastball strike. Now he can win. For a fellow who runs as hard as he does to first base, he can stop on him quicker than anybody I've ever seen. in the fifth inning with two outs on four consecutive walks. Grimsley shaking off Hendricks. Now winds and delivers. A high, wide fastball. One ball, two strikes. You know, one of the interesting things uh, that's occurred in the playoffs is that Don Sutton, when he beat the Pirates in the, second, uh, in the first game in Pittsburgh, indicated and said very strongly that he calls his own game. He doesn't let the catcher call the game for him. And yesterday, Vida Blue indicated the same thing, that he calls at least half his own pitches. Well, George Foreman says that if he keeps his world heavyweight title in his upcoming bout with Muhammad Ali, he will consider fighting anywhere in the world, providing he gets a good deal. Foreman was asked if he would fight again outside the United States after his October 30th title bout with Ali in Kinshasa, which is October 29th, United States time. Said Foreman, well, let's put it like this. I won the title in Kingston, Jamaica. My title defenses have been in Tokyo and Caracas, plus this one in Zaire. I'm a world champion, and as long as I continue to be world heavyweight champion, I will consider fighting anywhere in the world. It's all a matter of where the right business deal is made. Foreman and Ali will each receive a reported $5 million for this fight, an all-time record for any sports payday. Foreman was asked today by reporters after a slight workout in Kinshasa if he considered making an investment in Zaire for his two-year-old daughter. He said, yeah, I think I'm going to buy her a pet lion. 
Now let's get back to Herb Carneal and Jerry Holtzman at Baltimore. Jerry, you've covered games in the National League as well as the American. Of course, they don't have the designated inter rule in the National League. How do you feel about it? Well, I feel I'm against the DH. I think that the game is better without it. I like to see the pitcher hit for himself, even though he might strike out or just round out. I think that the DH upsets a very delicate balance of the game, you know, the offensive and defensive balance. And I'm afraid that what might happen is that in another year or two, you might have a DH for the shortstop. I, you, know, you, know, I, you know, I'd hate to see that. You know, I don't like to see perfection. I don't think that we have to have, uh, you know, two platoon baseball or everybody does his job perfectly. I think that perfection can be quite boring. Okay, here's Hendricks taking a strike on the inside corner. And what we were talking yesterday about what might happen with uh, Tommy Davis, who has done nothing but be the DH all year for Baltimore if they won the series here and got in the World Series. So they can't use the designated by Hendricks. Well, I think that the rules definitely will hurt the American League because they're accustomed to their DH and Reggie Jackson, of course, might not be able to play. That bad leg, he can, you know, he can DH it, but just questionable as to how well he can play in the field. Right. Here's Hunter's two strike pitch. Blowing outside of all. Hendricks stand in the third inning. He'll be followed here by Belanger and Coggins. Oakland leading one to nothing in the last half of the sixth inning. Oakland leading in the series two games to one. Blinded by Hunter, and the pitch on away. And it's a sinker low. Two balls and two strikes to come. This is Herb Carneal of the Minnesota Twins. With us today, the well-known sports columnist of the Chicago Sun-Times, Jerry Holtzman. Pitch is low for the ball, and it's three and two now to Hendricks. It's kind of funny, isn't it, Herb, that uh, here he is. I mean, here's Hunter, a very good control pitcher, down at the bottom end of the order again. Yeah. Uh, having trouble with the hitters, you know, just having trouble getting ahead of the count, ahead of the count. Playoff pitch to Hendricks has swung out a high foul. It's going to be out of play, and the count's still 3-2. The only man Hunter has walked. Belanger is the ninth man in the order. He walked him in the third inning, but it was two out, and it didn't do any harm. Hunter today has struck out three batters. And the pitch. It is high and wide. He walks it. To me, he just got to get something extra on that fastball and got away from it. Right. So Henrik walked. That is very odd. That's the two walks. Off Hunter, one to the number eight batter, one of the other to the number nine batter for Baltimore. Here's Belanger, who walked in the third inning. If he doesn't bunt here, it'll surprise a lot of people. Well, he's going to have to bunt here, and of course, uh, he's a very good bunter. He's an extremely good bunter. Now we'll see what happens as Bando comes up on the grass. Belanger had a good sacrifice punt against this club on Saturday. He has not had a hit in the series. He's over nine. Swing the right-handed batter. Hunter into the stretch. And the pitch. Ball is punted. Back to Hunter. He'll throw to first base. Out. Hendricks to second. Hunter to Green, the second baseman, covering on the sacrifice. That'll bring up Rich Coggins. Uh, I'd like to say something about that play. Now, Hunter really had a play at second base. He could have very easily gotten Hendricks to second base if he had thrown to that base. And this is a mistake that most pitchers make. They, uh, you know, they, you know, they, they take the easy out at first base and very often pass up second base. I just don't know why they do it, but uh, I mean, there just aren't too many pitchers that make the, you know, the throw to second base. And ordinarily, when you throw to second base, you're going to get the man. Belanger got a little more wood on that ball than he would have liked, right. and it uh, got back out there pretty quickly, but as you say, Jerry, uh, I think Hunter was occupied with the thought of getting the safe out. He didn't want to take any chance on going down to second base. 
Hoggins up. Little left-handed batter. Big high fastball. Ball one. Hoggins is slide to center and slide to right. The only thing is, by taking the safe out in that situation, Hunter, I'm Hunter, you know, is in quite a bit of trouble right now. Tying on that second for Baltimore. One out. They trail one to nothing in the sixth. Hunter to the stretch, the pitch. Swing and a foul ball. Off to the right. Here comes Hunter up, and he catches the ball. The catcher, Fossey, never saw it. The ball was hit behind the plate and to the right, and the catcher, Fossey, did not see it. And Hunter, the pitcher, had to run up and make the catch in foul ground. You can go all year and not see that play. Boy, it's one you won't see very often, but uh, Hunter very alert on the play. Ball was it just off to the right of the plate, and Fossey, the catcher, never saw it. Now here comes West Stock, the pitching coach. The Oakland club out. Paul Blair's up. Blair's given uh, Hunter trouble in the series. It's that home run often. as a single today. Stock is out there talking to his battery mates right now, along with team captain Sal Bando. Blair's a very good fastball hitter. And uh, he can time that fastball toward the left field. In fact, I was surprised yesterday that uh, Vita Blue was able to handle Blair so easily. Blair usually hits good fast, you know, I mean, you know, he hits a good fastball pitching. Against Hunter in the series, Blair is three for five. He has two singles and a homer. He struck out in the first inning today and then singled sharply through the hole to the left in the fourth inning. Two down with Hendricks on second. We're in the last of the sixth inning here at Baltimore. Oakland leading one to nothing. The pitch to Blair is a ball outside. The first time Baltimore has put a runner on second base since the ninth inning Sunday. Blair takes off the outside corner. Looks like a slider. Two balls and no strikes to count. On a working carefully to Paul Blair. But Bobby Gritch, the on-deck man now for the Orioles. Playing ground ball. Hit the short. Campanaris up with it. The peg to Tennessee is out and the side retired. Six, three, the play. Short to first. For Baltimore, no run. No hit. No open errors. One left. The score at the end of six complete innings, the Oakland A's won, the Baltimore Orioles nothing. Well, uh, Molly uh, Wills, who is working the ball game on the NBC television side today, along with Jim Simpson, uh, just remarked in the uh, press booth at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore that in his 22 years in organized baseball, uh, 20 years as a player and two as a broadcaster at the NBC, he has never seen a pitcher, either in the minors or the majors, Come racing behind home plate to catch a foul pop-up off the bat of an opposing batsman. And uh, that is unusual to see, but it was apparent that Fossey was in trouble. He went left, and the ball was straight up, and Fossey was groping all over the place looking for the ball. And as uh, Herb Carnea pointed at the outset, it's a high sky, there are no clouds, and it's pretty tough to pick up the ball in the glaring sunlight. But Jim Catfish Hunter, uh, the old hustler, he knew what he was doing. He came running in and waved the first baseman off and took the ball some 25 feet behind home plate, oh, just off on the first base side, and then whirled and held a runner uh, at second base. So uh, he helped himself out of what could have been a serious jam in that inning. Well, at the end of six here at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, it's Oakland, one run, no hit, no errors. Baltimore, no run, just two hits and one error. Bill Norris, the batter. Now, Herb, I'm glad that this broadcast is being picked up in Honolulu. I used to write for the Honolulu Star Bulletin years ago when Louis Leung Hopp was the sports editor. Used to write a column on Marine Corps Sports in Honolulu. 
Joe Anzavino was there. They've got a lot of veteran uh, ex-major league players playing out there. Yes. Well, of course, that's the home of Herman Wiedemeyer, who is, uh, you know, a major leaguer. Whenever Wiedemeyer played, if he got a single, the paper out there with your star bulletin would say, Wiedemeyer singles as Reds win. <laughs> Hometown product. Billy Norris batting right-handed has grounded out twice to Robinson at third, and once to the Landry at short. Washington's the left-hander on the mound now for the Orioles. Fires a high wide fastball. One nothing to Norris with Bando on deck and Jackson to follow. You know, Norris is a college graduate. I think he has a degree in psychology. He's been teaching. Grimsley delivers high wide. Ball two. Two and nothing. And now Norris checks with Bobby Winkle. Right now, the shadows of the stands crept out right along the edge of the third base foul line. Fastball strike on the outside corner, two and one. Maybe someday, Herb, I'll tell you about the time that a Cub pitcher hypnotized me during spring training. He had me go into my room and put me on the couch and had a... He, he, he had me watch a spot on the ceiling and then proceeded to hypnotize me. There's a fly ball to center field. It's back deep, but Blair goes back. He's under it now and waiting. Blair makes the catch. One away. This worldwide coverage of championship baseball is a production of the Robert Wall Company. Now let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to the Mutual Broadcasting Systems America League Championship Network. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. This is the Southern Command Radio Network, an affiliate of the American Forces Radio and Television Service. Fastball outside the Bandol. Foul is walked twice in the first and the fifth inning and bounced to the pitcher in the third. Bandol again, trouble for Baltimore. He has scored the only run of the game today. He scripts the foul to the right, and it's one and one. Bandol walked in the fifth inning with two outs. And the next three batters also walked, forcing in Bando with the game's only run. Yesterday, he hit a home run in the fourth inning for the only run of the game. High outside from Ross Grimsley. Two balls and one strike. Oakland leading one to nothing in the first half of the seventh inning. Mike Cuellar walked nine batters while he was in there. Four and two-thirds innings. Grimsley pumps and throws. Outside of all. And now it's three and one to Bando with Jackson on deck. Could be the inning. The A's kind of tear it open. This is a spot for him. One out, nobody on. Here's the lineup by Grimsley. And Bando steps out on him. Only once today has Oakland put a man on base with less than two out, and uh, that was in the fourth inning when a man got on on an error with one out, but that didn't do any damage to Baltimore. Here's a fastball in for a strike, and it's three and two. Ball count to Bando. Oakland has left nine men on base so far. Right now, Bando with a three-ball, two-strike count. Baltimore playing him a bit towards left. As Grimsley's the left hand of delivers. Swing foul out of play. And it's still three and two. If there should be a fifth game tomorrow, we'll be on the air on most of these same stations at 2 o'clock Eastern time. The probables tomorrow, Ken Holtzman for Oakland, Dave McNally. Baltimore. Here's the pitch. High outside. Bando watch. That is a tenth watch this afternoon for Oakland off Baltimore pitching. And it'll bring up Reggie Jackson. He's walked three times today in the first, the third, and the fifth inning. Oakland ahead one to nothing. If they win today, the American League Championship Series is all over. 
Meantime, at Dodgers Stadium, in the bottom of the second inning, the Dodgers are leading Pittsburgh one to nothing. Davey Lopes got a base on balls. Lopes stole second and scored on a two-bagger by Jim Wynn. Jackson hits a drive into left field, way back at the wall, and it is off the wall. Taylor Leaf couldn't get it. Here is Mandel being waved in. The throw will not be in time.
nominees, and it's one and two now to tennis. Cordell Washington on deck. This is a guy, of course, Baltimore wants to get out of there. Double play or not. And they'll have the left-handed batting Washington coming up. There's a line drive and it's foul. Like quite a bit down the left field line. Count remains one and two. That certainly was a great deal for Baltimore getting, uh, you know, Grimsley for Rentman. But you never know. You, never, you, know, you, you know, you never know what's going to happen next year. It takes a while from That's right. It can turn around next year. No doubt that Grimsley helped uh, Baltimore. He won 18 games. That's right. Now the strike. Swing foul upstairs on the first base side. You know, you can't judge a deal too quickly. The Cubs traded Ferguson Jenkins to Texas. And I think he won 24, 25 games there, and yet... The Cubs got some very good young ball players for Jenkins. They got Bill Matlock, who was one of the leading hitters in the National League as a rookie. He's going to get better. They got Vic Harris. So you never know. It could be a very good deal for the Cubs in another year or two. The end of two now at Dodgers Stadium. The Dodgers won. The Pirates nothing. There's a ground ball hammered out to Belanger. The grits for one. The foul for two. Double play. Six, four, three, double play. That's what Baltimore wanted. One run, one hit. No errors and one left. With a score, Oakland two, Baltimore nothing at the end of six and a half innings. We'll have a look at what's going on in the uh, game between the Dodgers and the Pittsburgh Pirates in uh, their pivotal game. It's a do or die for the Pirates again today. If they win, they tie the series and extend it to five. If the Dodgers win, they uh, finish it off and uh, will be the National League representative in the World Series that starts Saturday. The World Series will start in Los Angeles or Pittsburgh, determining uh, who wins that playoff set. And it will be this Saturday, October the 12th. You know, uh, the Dodgers, uh, leading one to nothing at the end of one inning of play today, have gotten some superlative pitching from Don Sutton at times this year, but he also had a strange uh, sequence of events. He was a great pitcher over the last 17 starts for the Dodgers toward the end of the season. He won 14 of those, but he had a stretch during the middle of the summer where he did not win a game for two months. So uh, the Dodgers finished the year with 102 victories. If Sutton had finished with uh, a 20-win-plus record, the Dodgers probably would have come very close to or surpassed the Major League record for victories. It was possible. They had that great a year. 2 to nothing. Oakland leading now, and Baltimore has not scored in this series for 28 consecutive innings. Bobby Gretz will lead it off with Davis and Powell to follow. Catfish Hunter, who had six shutouts, among his 25 wins during the regular season. Bobby Gretz is popped to third and fly to right. Last of the seventh inning. Oakland leads in the series two games to one. Here's the windup by Hunter, the pitch. Swing, he popped it up. Right side of the infield. He's going to get a tennis of green. Green up on the infield. Rath makes the catch. As Gritch pops up to second baseman Dick Green and now Tommy Davis, who has one of two Baltimore hits. Davis is single up the middle, grounded out to short. Hunter has walked two batters today, has struck out three. And a bluff run by Davis, who doesn't run very often. He took the pitch for a strike, nothing in one. The Baltimore's Memorial Stadium. Jerry Holtzman of the Chicago Sun-Times and the Sporting News. Yours truly, Herb Carneal, and here's the windup by Hunter. The pitch on the way to Davis. 
thingy, right? This is the time of the game where you start counting how many outs there are to go. It's just the opposite. You count from the, you know, the back end forward now. He's got eight outs to go. Hunter, that is. Davis fouls one off. Back out of play. And it's still two strikes to Tommy Davis with Luke Powell on deck. In a game like this, of course, that second run always seems so big when you got a fellow pitching the way Hunter's pitching out there. You figure that uh, he does give up his share of homers, although I think sometimes that's overrated, but... He usually keeps a lot of men off base. He doesn't that's have to right. That's right. There was a foul. Still on two. Really just the point I was going to make that when uh, somebody for Baltimore might hit one out, but still, uh, sure. chances are there's nobody on base. So they've got a 2-0 lead right now. Well, Sigmund is pitching and throwing strikes. If you have to, let him hit the ball. Just don't put him on. And of course, Quayar walked nine men today. Almost ten. trouble with it. So there were two gone. Davis flies to the right field of Quadell Washington and next will be Booth Powell. Powell hit into a 4-6-3 double play in the second and lined out to the right field of Washington in the fifth inning. He's hit the ball hard twice today but has over two. Raleigh Fingers beginning to loosen up a little bit on the Oakland bullpen. It's something, isn't it? The Fingers has only been in relief once in the series and that was on Saturday when they were behind. Olsen uh, was 6-2 when he came in the game. They just gave him a little work. The only time he's been needed. Powell hits one on the ground behind first base. Fair ball. Tennis close to Hunter, and they get Powell. 3-1 to play, and Baltimore down 1-2-3 in the seventh. The score at the end of seven complete. The world champion, Oakland A's 2. The Baltimore Orioles, nothing. Getting back to the Dodgers, who could uh, very well be the Oakland Athletics opponent in the World Series, the way things stand right now in both these uh, division championship playoffs. The Dodgers won 102 games the past regular season. That matched the most wins ever by a National League team in divisional play. And it is the biggest win total by a Dodger team in 12 years. And yet the Champagne Corks didn't pop until the next to the last game of the season. The Dodgers won the National League West despite the fact that they lost their leading pitcher and the league's top winner, Tommy John, the fine lefty, who was sent to the sidelines in mid-July with a 13-3 record. So there's another picture that if the Dodgers had healthy, who knows, the Dodgers might have surpassed 120 victories this year in the win column. Don Sutton, as we said, had that weird stretch where he went 14 starts in a two-run period without a victory, had an 0-6 record from May 19th through July 20th, and that incidentally tied a Dodger record for consecutive losses, and then he turned around, and in 14 of his final 17 starts, he won 13 ball games. It was that kind of a year for Dodger pitchers. Oakland leading 2 to nothing at the end of 7 complete. Ross Grimsley on the mound for Baltimore. We're pitching at Quartel Washington, Ray Fosse, and Dick Green. Quartel Washington has bounced the foul, reached on a throwing error by Mark Belanger, and granted out to second base from Bobby Gritch. Oakland, two runs, one hit, no errors. The Orioles, no runs, two hits, and one error. You were saying earlier in the broadcast, Alvin Dark hasn't been signed for next year, and there's some speculation that he might not come back even if the A's win the series. And uh, I kind of think that that could be true, that Alvin uh, might figure that uh, one year at Oakland was enough. Alvin's kind of in a tough spot because if he wins or loses, he really doesn't win much because they'll say, well, Dick Williams could have won with this club, too. But I think, you know, Alvin has done a remarkably good job. You know, handling this ball club. Things do change from year to year. Oakland is on the World Series two years in a row now. Nora 
Thomas runs up on the ball and bunts it back to Grimsley. They'll throw to first base and the out. He almost hit Washington with a throw. Good grab there by Booth Powell. Well, Washington and North both can get down that line in a hurry. Especially when North is batting left-handed. Washington batting left-handed all the time. Washington trying to bunt his way on his out pitch of the first. Grimsley almost hit him with a throw. Powell picked it right off him. That was a terrific play by the pitcher. Outstanding play. Here's Ray Foster, the catcher, right-handed batter. Takes a strike. He struck out. Ran it a short. Fouled out to the catcher, Hendricks. And the pitch on the way. Outside of ball. One ball, one strike. Oakland leading two to nothing. First half of the eighth inning, but one out of nobody on. Dick Green to up next. Swing and a miss. One for one down low that time. One ball, two strikes to Fossey. The left side of the infield now along the third baseline, about halfway out to the pitching mound, is being covered in the shadows of the stands, but the rest of the field still in very bright sunlight. Grimsley delivered. Swing and a miss. Sinking fastball down and away from Fossey, and he strikes out. Still on. Here's Dick Green. He's walked, bounced to the pitcher, and grounded to short. More stations we'd like to greet on our network. KLPM of Minot, North Dakota, which is on our Minnesota Twins baseball network during the regular season. WSOQ from Syracuse, New York. WPAM, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Green swings and he misses. One strike to count. He swung so hard his batting on the flew off. Do nothing. Oakland leading in the top of the eighth. If they win, it's all over. The A's leading in the series. Two games to one. And the pitch is outside. One ball, one strike. Oakland scored in the fifth on four walks in a row with two outs. And in the seventh on a walk to Van Dor, double by Jackson off the left field wall. Here's a fly ball hit into left field. It's carrying deep. Baylor back at the fence, and he makes the catch just as he bumps into the left field fence. Green pulled the ball sharply and flies against the fence to Baylor. Three up and three down. So the score at the end of seven and a half innings of play. The Oakland A's two, the Baltimore Orioles, nothing. Well, the uh, Dodger-Pirate game is moving along now. The Dodgers are hitting in the home third at Dodger Stadium and still lead by a score of one to nothing. The run coming in the first inning. It's uh, Royce pitching for Pittsburgh and Don Sutton working for the uh, National League West champions. And if the Dodgers win today, uh, they will be the National League representative starting Saturday, and they will be the host for the first two games if that lead stands up. Getting back to the Dodger pitching, you know, Andy Messersmith became the 14th man in history to win 20 games in both the American and National Leagues this season, and his 20th victory of the campaign assured the Dodgers of at least a tie in the National League West. And a Dodger pitcher who maintains he didn't care about records, Mike Marshall, literally rewrote the record book as far as relief pitchers is concerned. Mike set the Major League record for consecutive appearances, 13, most appearances, 106 games, most innings pitched in relief, 208.1, and he had the most games finished, a major league record, 83 games that he mopped up and finished off. Well, Jerry, the clock ticking off here, as you were pointing out a while ago. Now only six outs left for Baltimore and for Catfish Hunter, depending on which side of the bench you're on. Don Baylor is flying to center and struck out. He leads it off. Big right-handed batter. 
outside of all. The eighth inning is always a very key inning for the team that is losing the ball game, for the home team that is losing, because if they can go ahead in this inning, there, you know, then suddenly they are three outs within victory. All of a sudden, this three outs is all going to win. Two seventy-two during the regular season, but he hit three ninety-one from September the second to the end of this year. Second year in a row, he's really finished strong. Takes a strike in the outside corner, two and one. Catfish Hunter's given up just a couple of singles. He's walked two, and he has struck out three. Swing and a miss. Two balls, two strikes. The paid attendance today, a little less than yesterday, twenty-eight thousand one thirty-six. Two eight one three six. The paid attendance. Two games here drew over 60,000, over 83,000 in Oakland. Swing and a foul by Baylor. Two balls and two strikes to count. Catfish Hunter is really threading the needle out there, so to speak. He very seldom shows the ball over the middle of the plate. Oh, a great command of his pitches. Swing and a foul back by Baylor. And still two balls and two strikes. Leading two to nothing, last half of the eighth inning. One of the surprising things about this game is that Hunter really isn't a fastball pitcher, and yet the Orioles haven't been able to pull the ball against him. He's, he's keeping that ball uh, away from a lot of the Baltimore batters. Playing another foul. Still two and two. Don rides along at two and two to Don Baylor as Baltimore desperately trying to get something going here. Fingers. What a job he did out of the bullpen this year. He 
One nine, lost five at 18 saves and an ERA of 265. Jerry, as I recall, uh, you were instrumental in, in starting the save rule in baseball. Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, I've been credited somewhat with uh, starting the, uh, you know, with having saves as the official statistic. The Sporting News picked it up in about 1960 or 59, and I was the uh, the you know, worked out the original formula for for pitching saves by relief pitchers. And the sport was used to give trophies every year to the top firemen in each league. They did this for about eight or nine years and still do it. But about four years ago, official baseball, so to speak, picked up the rule. And, of course, the save is now an official statistic. The relief pitchers uh, are delighted with the statistic because suddenly it gives them uh, more bargaining at the, at the table when they sit down and talk salary. It's really made, uh, it's also focused attention on relief pitching because uh, now you know how many saves each man has. And of course, this year, Mike Marshall of Los Angeles has had the most remarkable year of any relief pitcher, I think, in the history of baseball. He was in 106 games during the regular season. As yet, no relief pitcher's gotten a Cy Young Award. Uh, well, there was one. Uh, Jim Constanti won it. But nobody has. Yeah, he has to save Right, right, right. Actually, it's unfortunate because Mike Marshall, I thought, should have won it last year in, in the National League. Okay, here's Brooks Robinson. Twice he's hit the ball hard to the right field of Claudel Washington. Baltimore now has a tying run at the plate. They trail two to nothing. Big Raleigh fingers the right-hander. Close to first base. Baylor gets back. Hunter pitched seven innings. Three hits, two walks. He struck out three. Oakland ahead two to nothing in the eighth. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Foul ball. Off the bat down behind the plate. One strike to Brooks Robinson with Hendrick on deck. Fingers pitched a total of 119 innings, gave up 104 hits this year, walked only 29 batters, struck out 95 in 119 innings. Olsen playing for a double play. Robinson hits one up in here to right field again, right at Waddell, Washington, and he makes the catch. It's the third time today that Robinson is fly to the right fielder. Is held out Hendricks, the left-handed batting catcher. He struck out in the third, walked in the sixth. Oh, that was a key out for Fingers. Big out. Now Bando's had a word with Fingers. Gene Tennis came over from first to say something to him. Steve Garvey has hit a two-run homer in the last of the third for the Dodgers. Steve Garvey, a two-run homer, and the Dodgers now leading Pittsburgh 3-0 in the last of the third. Dodgers leading that series two games to one. Olsen leading here, 2-0. Last of the eighth, one out. Baylor on first. Pitch to Hendricks. And he takes it outside of all. 1-0 to Hendricks, Mark Belanger. Right hand batting shortstop for Baltimore, due up next. goes out to talk to Raleigh Fingers. This could be a spot, of course, where Weaver could go to his bench for a pitch batter. But I guess he figures uh, you know, Hendricks has the lefty advantage, lefty-righty advantage against Fingers. Fingers pitched one inning uh, last Saturday. Gave up one hit and had one strikeout in the inning. That was a game they, he came in with a score already 6-2 to two in favor of Baltimore in the ninth inning. Now 
2-0 to Elron Hendricks. Taylor on first one out. Oaks on ahead, 2-0. Last half of the eighth inning. Here's the stretch. A swing and a foul. Right straight back, and it's 2-1. Hitters, Earl Weaver has Al Bumbrey and Frank Baker, left-handed batter. SP wanted to go, still pinch hitter. Swing another foul by Hendricks. Two balls and two strikes. Take an awfully big swing, isn't he? Yeah, he's trying to tie it up. Yes, he is. <laughs> Hendricks only had 159 at-bats in the regular season. 33 hits and three homers. Playing him on this towards right field. Now the stretch by Fingers. And the pitch is now low for the ball. So Fingers has run the string out on Hendricks. Three and two, and this is certainly going to be an important pitch coming up. But if Hendricks gets on there, then Baltimore would have the tying run on base. Broadcasting Systems American Lake Championship Network. Left-handed batting Al Bumbrey. He had an outstanding year as a rookie league, uh, rookie player in the league last year, but he couldn't get on track this season. He was in just 94 games, batted 233. That certainly was quite a gamble by Baylor on that last play. He wouldn't have done that if it was the ninth inning. And actually, his run doesn't mean that much. We've got to score two runs to tie. And it was, if it was a ninth inning with uh, two outs, he could have been doubled up and the game could have been over. Second time today that Baltimore has put a man on second. Al Bumbrey, native of Fredericksburg, Virginia. Rocky left-handed batter, takes finger strike on the inside corner. Bumbrey, although he's only 5'8", plays 175, went to Virginia State on a basketball scholarship. Last year, as a rookie, he batted 337. This year, uh, most of the uh, teams that played just fell a little closer in the infield and a little deeper in the outfield. He's pretty strong for his size. Swing and a miss. Fastball down and away from him. Two strikes. Belanger didn't have an official at bat today. Mark had walked and hit a sacrifice punch. Baylor on second. Now two out. We're in the bottom of the eighth inning, and it's Oakland two. Ball to nothing. This is Herb Carneal of the Minnesota Twins, along with Jerry Holson, sports columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times and the Sporting News. Two strikes to Bumbrey. He crowds the plate. Close to that up now. Fingers delivered. And he missed for the fastball. One ball, two strikes. You know, Fingers has one of the longest mustaches, if not the longest, in the major league. No handlebars. Yeah, it might measure about eight or nine inches from stem to stern. He waxes it every day. Bumbrey at the play. This fellow had 11 triples last year for Baltimore. But the outfield playing him a little deeper than they did last year. He swings and fouls one out to the left. 
You know, the A's have been known as the Mustache Gang because they all grew mustaches a couple years ago. Charlie Finley gave each of his players $300 to grow a mustache. Some of them balked, but uh, eventually most of them did it. I guess they're afraid they might be traded. Situation's got a little hairy over there. Certainly did, huh? Charlie grew on himself. There's a swing and a high foul that's going to be out of play down the third baseline. And Still one and two to little Al Bumbrey, batting for Mark Belanger. Oakland leading 2 nothing in the last of the eighth inning. Baltimore has to win to make the series go five games to decide the winner. Al Bumbrey was talking about him going to Virginia State on a basketball scholarship. He didn't play baseball in college until his senior year there. He started in football in 1969 at Stockton, California. Big time for the ball. Two and two the count. Through the Baltimore system, Aberdeen, South Dakota, Asheville, North Carolina, then Rochester, New York, and to the Orioles. He came up briefly in 72 and was with them all last year. Don Baylor on second, two out. Molly Fingers, the big right-hander. Okay, is a sign from Ray Posse. They swing and a miss. The fastball, and he struck Bumbrey out to retire the side. No runs, one hit. However, is and one left on. Well, they score Oakland 2, Baltimore nothing at the end of eight innings. Let's all relax now with this message. And the message is the Dodgers have extended their lead over the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, to, rather, the Dodgers have extended their lead over the Pirates by a score of 3 to nothing. And uh, the Pirates are now hitting in the visitors' fourth. And a home run by Garvey of the Dodgers into the right center field bleachers has boosted the lead from 1 nothing. the run they scored in the first inning. He slammed a two-run homer in the bottom of the third. And the Dodgers are moving closer and closer to a World Series date the way it looks now. It's going to be an all-West Coast affair between the Dodgers and the Oakland Athletics if these leads hold up. And, of course, uh, the Dodgers uh, will match Oakland in just about every department if that matchup does occur because the Dodgers, like Oakland, have good starting pitchers. They have, of course, Mike Marshall in the bullpen. That will easily match Roland Fingers and probably exceed him as far as the edge goes. But in hitting... Uh, the Dodgers collectively had a better year than Oakland, but Oakland also has big bats in the persons of uh, Jackson, Bando, who had another fine year, Rudy, and, of course, uh, Gene Tennyson with 26 home runs. It should be interesting. Frank Baker will go to shortstop for Baltimore. Baker. Oakland two runs, one hit, and no errors. Orioles, no runs, three hits, and one error. They go to the ninth inning. Leading off. Top of the batting order for Oakland, Campaneris, North, and Bando. Campaneris was grounded out twice to short, once on a force, fly to right, and struck out. Left-hander Ross Grimsley on the mound for Baltimore, delivered. Swing and a miss, he took something off the pitch. He gave him a big motion. One strike to count. Very unusual to see a ball game without Campaneris getting on base. He hasn't been on base today. In the series, he's three for 16. He has not walked in the series. Takes a low curve from Grimsley, and it's one to one. gave up the first run without a hit in four and two-thirds innings. He walked nine. Grimsley's given up the other run. There's a bounding ball to the shortstop, Baker, and the peg on the first base is just in time. Panaris made it very close. Baker's throw just beat him. One guy, and here's Bill North. North twice has granted to Robinson to third, once to Belanger at short, and last time flies to Blair in center. Two to nothing. The Oakland A's leading in the top of the ninth. Baltimore has right-hander Bob Reynolds, lefty Grant Jackson, leading in the bullpen. At 
Los Angeles in the bottom of the fourth inning with one out. The Dodgers are leading the Pirates three to nothing. Steve Garvey has a two-run homer in that game, and Jimmy Wynn drove in the other run with a double following a walk to Davey Lopes and then a stolen base. Low curve for North. One ball and a strike. Well, both playoffs could be ending today, couldn't they? Try it, see. Swing and a miss. One away. Oakland was saying uh, if Pittsburgh had one today and tied it up, Oakland will stay here and to determine where they'll go, either to Pittsburgh or to Los Angeles. Started Jerry Royce is out now for the Pirates, and another left-hander, Ken Brett, has relieved him for Pittsburgh. Here's a punt attempt and foul off to the right of the plate by Norris. One ball, two strikes. You know, this has been a tough season for Jerry Royce. You know, the Pittsburgh Pirates have fined him $500. For having his wife on the road with him on three different occasions. They have a rule that wives can't travel on the road. He has a grievance. He's filed a grievance with the Major League Players Association asking for his $500 back. And I'm sure he'll win that case. Here's the pitch to North. Low outside. Two balls in. Two strikes to count. First time of the ninth inning here at Baltimore's Memorial Stadium. The world champion Oakland A's leading the Orioles 2 to nothing. There's a fly ball hit in the center field. It's fairly deep. Back goes Blair. He's there now. Blair makes the catch. What a fielder that fellow Blair is. Can make a lot of tough chances. Look awfully easy. He was back there waiting for that ball. Yeah, you know, there's so many good center fielders that Blair really hasn't gotten his due. He's one of the best center fielders in baseball and has been for four or five years. And yet his name is seldom mentioned nationally in regard to, you know, being one of the top center fielders. But the ball players have a lot of respect for him. Very true. There's Vandal hitting one up in here to center field. Blair backing off of this one. Almost to the track, and he makes the catch. Long fly to center. Way up and way down. So as we go to the last half of the ninth inning, the score here at Baltimore is the Oakland A's 2, the Baltimore Orioles nothing. Well, uh, updating the game again at uh, Dodger Stadium. They are now in the bottom of the fourth inning, and the Dodgers still lead Pittsburgh by a score of 3 to nothing. One run in the first inning and a two-run homer by Steve Garvey in the bottom of the third, a drive into the deep right center field bleachers. Now, we'd like to uh, alert stations that uh, as soon as this ball game is over, we will swing to Dodger Stadium and join the Los Angeles Dodgers radio network with Vince Scully and Jerry Doggett for the completion of the game between the... Pirates and the Dodgers, and uh, it could be, as uh, was pointed out by Jerry Holtzman and Herb Carneal, that this is the last day of playoff activity. If so, the World Series, if these leads hold up, will begin Saturday at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. And if the Dodgers are the host city, the airtime on the Parade of Sports Saturday for Game 1 would be 1945 GMT and play ball at approximately 2000 via the NBC radio network. It'll be uh, Jim Simpson calling the play-by-play and alternating with uh, the announcers from the two clubs involved. And we'll have more about that a bit later on. Well, the Baltimore Orioles coming to bat. As they play, there's no tomorrow on the field system. Heard that one before. Fly to center, fly to right. Fouled out to Hunter, who ran up and grabbed his foul in the sixth inning when Ray Foster, the catcher, didn't see it. Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. This is Herb Carneal of the Minnesota Twins, along with Jerry Olsen, sports columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times and the Sporting News and author of the book, No Cheering in the Press Box. The first pitch to Coggins is low, a ball, one and nothing. Blair on deck, Rich to follow. Baltimore has been blank now for the last 30 innings in this series. Fingers delivered. 
strike on the low inside corner to Coggins. One ball and one strike. Coggins crowds the plate. He stands up in the batter's box. Playing a ground ball. Hits behind second. Tamponeris up with a throw. The first and got in. So Coggins. Looks like he got jammed a little. He didn't hit the ball real hard. Out by second base. Campanaris throws him out, and there's one gone. Here's Paul Blair. You know, Fingers has a, has a tremendous amount of poise. He almost never seems to show his feelings out there. He's, you know, he's pitching as if it was just another game in June or July. I guess that comes from the confidence of knowing you're good. Paul Blair has struck out. Single through the hole to the left hand side of the short. The first time he's been up against Fingers. And the pitch is one outside of all, one another. That fish hunter with the first seven and left after Baylor let out the eighth inning with a single. Fingers now has retired four in a row. He pitched to Blair. Leaned him back. And it's ball two. Two and nothing to Blair. Baltimore has not scored in the series since the fifth inning of the first game. The pitch. Strike call. Two and one again. One gone and nobody out in the last half of the ninth inning. The world champion Oakland A's leading two to nothing. High tight fastball. Blair leaning away from it and now it's three and one. Three and one the count to Blair. And fingers delivered. Inside and high he walked it. Blair's on the tying run will be at the plate. Paul Blair. Now Alvin Dark, the skipper of the Oakland A's, is coming out to talk to Fingers. the third, fly to right, and pop the second. Most of the infield now is covered in shallow, except the skin part on the right side between first and second. Left field is in shallow, center and right still in sunlight. Rich takes outside the ball, one another. Baltimore is trying to generate a rally. They have to score at least two here to stay alive. Last of the ninth inning, also leading two to nothing. Grit lines with Bingo the center. Baltimore has the tying run on. The Baltimore Orioles, remember they were counted out of the Eastern Division race with about 34 games left. They were eight games out of first. 128 of the last 34. Of course, the race went right down to the wire. They hit out the Yankees. Davis up. He's rated as one of the great clutch hitters, and boy, if there ever was a clutch situation, this is it. Davis today is single to center, ground of the short, by the right. Boy, the stride and an uproar now. 
Baltimore battling back here, trailing two to nothing in the last of the ninth inning. Two on and one out. Infield up for the double play ball. A swing and a miss by Davis. One strike. Raleigh Fingers with a good hard slider, a sinker. He relies on most of the time. Luke Powell is on deck for Baltimore. There's a bounding ball hit down to Bando. He throws the green. That's all they get. Rich sliding hard in the green. The ball wasn't hard hit. I don't think Green was going to throw the first to take any chance anyway. Davis is on. Blair goes to third. This is the first time since the first game of the series that Baltimore has had a runner as far as third base. But the tying run is on base, and big John Booth Powell is coming up. And he is the one guy who probably has as good a chance of any as hitting a long ball for Baltimore. Actually, Bando juggled that ball just a little bit. Just long enough to prevent it all play. Cabell is going to run for Davis. Enos Cabell, C-A-B-E-L-L. Number 24. Alvin Dark has a difficult decision here because he, you know, he could very well bring in Lindblad or no to fix the boot out, but he's staying with fingers. If anything uh, should happen like a walk to Powell if you brought him to left hand, then he's got fingers out of the ball game. So he's going to rely on his Raleigh fingers. He hit the ball hard twice today. Once into a double play started by Green. Then he lined out to Washington in right field in the fifth inning. And was out tennis to Hunter covering in the seventh. Holly Finger. There's a swing and a drive to serve for a base hit. Where is scoring? The bell goes to third. It's now two to one Oakland. Tying run on third. Winning run on Of the 
Chicago Sun-Times and yours truly, Herb Carneal. And what a finish we've got here at Baltimore. Baltimore tries to go to that fifth game tomorrow. Here's the pitch. And a bluff punt and a fake blow outside of ball. He was going to push one to the right side of the infield. It was wide open over there because Pennis is holding with a runner and Green is way over towards second. I think Baylor had the idea that he could push the ball down there, beat it out, and get the tying run in. That would be a spectacular play if he could do it. Pitch is a strike on the low outside corner. One ball and one strike. Boy, the crowd has really come to life here in the last of the ninth. Versus First time in the series here they've had really anything to cheer about. Baltimore's attack has been really stymied by the great Olsen pitching. There's a swing and a miss. He went for a low outside pitch and it's one and two. A ball and two strikes to Don Baylor, who hit almost 400 the last month of the season. Now it's down to one strike. If Baltimore can't get Cabell in here. It's all over as far as Baltimore season. Here's the stretch, the pitch on the way, a swing and a foul to stay alive. Pitch was away from Baylor. And the count remains one ball and two strikes. Oakland two, Baltimore one, the last half of the ninth inning here at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. Oakland leading in the series two games to one. Cabell trying to rattle Raleigh fingers. Cabell dancing up the line from third. The pitch foul back, he's still alive. Still one ball and two strikes to Don Baylor. Now Captain Sal Vandal, the ace third baseman, coming over to talk to Raleigh Fingers. It's all started with one out. Paul Blair got a walk-off Fingers. Bobby Gritch, single to center field, sending Blair to second, and Blair went to third. As Tommy Davis ran it into a force out, third to second. Now single to score the run. The first run Baltimore scored in 30 innings. 30 and a fraction innings. Here's the stretch. The pitch on the way, and it is inside a ball. Two and two the count. Baltimore hoping for anything to get Cabell in from third base and tie the game up. Last ball or a wild pitch, error, base hit. All even on the count, two balls, two strikes. A swing and a miss. He struck it out. Outside pass ball, and Baylor went down swinging to end the ball game. And Oakland has clinched its third consecutive American League championship as Raleigh Fingers struck out Baylor for the final out of the ball game. One run for the Orioles on two hits. No errors. They left two men on base. And Oakland has defeated Baltimore three games to one. Will fans stay with us for a brief summary coming right up? Final score, the Oakland A's two, the Baltimore Orioles one. Well, Roland Fingers uh, made Alvin Dark look pretty good, even though he weakened a bit there in the ninth inning. He came on in the eighth inning to uh, relieve a obviously tiring Jim Catfish Hunter, although Hunter had pitched a third ball up to that point. But uh, after that base hit off the glove of Burt Campanaris in the left field, Alvin Dark had made up his mind as soon as he stepped on the uh, dugout step and went out to the mound. He brought in Roland Fingers. And even though Roland Fingers was uh, tattooed early in the ninth inning, he settled down and got the big strikeout, Don Baylor, and uh, he wanted to get rid of him because uh, there's a lot of big bats on the uh, on-deck circle in the name of Brooks Robinson, and you didn't want to get that far down in the lineup because Brooks is one of the great clutch hitters of all time. 
and he got him on a beautiful slider to end the ball game and end the American League playoffs with the Oakland Athletics again repeating as American League champions and they'll be in their third straight World Series. Now let's get back to Herb Carneal and Jerry Holtzman of the Chicago newspaper chain for today's wrap-up. Well, the Oakland A's have defeated the Baltimore Orioles today. Two games, a two-to-one to win the series, three games to one. And of the two games played here, Jerry, certainly we didn't have a lot of scoring, but uh, I don't think I've seen uh, any more two dramatic games than these were at Baltimore. Well, it certainly was a dramatic finish, and it's really significant that the two runs that Oakland scored both sprouted from the base on ball. Quayle uh, walked in, you know, walked four men in a row, and the uh, in the fifth inning, a walk in a run, and of course, uh, he, uh, he walked uh, Bando with no loss in the seventh, and then Bando scored on Jackson's double, and it's very unusual, uh, you know, to see if, you know, well, you know, just to see this kind of ball game where both runs originally sprout from base on ball. But Oakland, uh, in the two games here, Oakland had only five hits in the two games, including the one today, and of course they won both games. Baltimore, which uh, went 30 consecutive innings without scoring, really brought this crowd alive here in the last half of the ninth inning when they threatened to tie it up or maybe even win the ball game after Coggins grounded a short. Paul Blair walked, Gritch single to center, Blair went to second, Blair went to third as Gritch was forced at second by Tommy Davis. And then Booth Powell drilled a single to center field, scoring Blair and sending pinch runner Enos Cabell over to third base. Don Baylor came up with a count two balls and two strikes, fouled off a couple of pitches, and then it looked like he swung it up fastball away from him, striking out to end the ball game. Well, our thanks to Herb Carneal and Jerry Holtzman of the Mutual Network and the American League Robert Wohl Company Network for the description of today's game. The final score again, the Oakland Athletics 2 and the Baltimore Orioles 1. 